Hello, and welcome to the Fake Nerd 2022 Annual, our sixth anniversary podcast special, friends. I am Sparks Witty. I am joined, as always, by Brandon T. McClure. Hello, everyone. And, of course, Ben Magnet. Six years, baby. And it just wouldn't be a podcast without Ryan Eliopoulos. Top of the afternoon to you, gents. <laughs> Still the morning. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> For about 44, not 45. Wait, actually, I have a real, more real question. Real, I've never actually... Real question. Yeah. If it's 11.59, is it still technically morning? Yeah. Yeah. I've always figured, like, morning to mean, like, 7, 8 a.m. Because, like, when it's, like, 11, everyone's awake doing shit. So, mm-hmm. like, I always... But, like, technically, I'm still... I'm awake in the morning. Right. So I'm the thing good. is, like, we don't have a word for between morning and, and afternoon. So... Yeah. Y- Everything from like ten to noon just has to exist as morning. We can never, we can never find an. Intro. We haven't, we haven't created the word for it. Good, don't. That's, that's somebody's I'm responsibility. Awake the, I'm awake in the morning. Hold on, I there, leave that gift to the future. There is a term for it: late morning. Late morning. It's still morning though. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mad. Uh, so that's but all, that's I want to get off the table. That's if my I'm taking if I'm taking a meeting. If I'm taking a meeting at 10 or 11, the first thing to say is, are you available late morning? And I know that means 10 or 11. Smart. Or well, just say, are you available at 10 or 11? No. <laughs> or, you call by what my, or you call by what a few people I know their favorite time, brunch time. Brunch that's time. associated with like getting food. Yeah, like, that's yeah. food though. But yeah, like, I'm... see, we can't let them, we can't let the brunchers take that term beyond what it is. We can't we let lose. them win. Because then breakfast, then breakfast ends early and I can't have it. Can't let six, the brunch... wow. six years of this delicious content, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Morning or noon or afternoon. What is it? Did well, we wanna... just declare war on brunchers? We did. Yeah, I'll, I'll every one of them. I, I wanted to mention I wanted to say I'm so happy with your restraint because last year we did mention that every year without fail you have said wow can you believe it's been da 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 years and you didn't do that this year I thought about it but I know, I know you did I know you, I saw it I saw it in your eye <laughs> I knew if I was going to say it I was going to get some shit for it so I'm like you know what I don't feel like that today <laughs> but when you really think about it though can you I mean, believe it can yeah. you I mean, damn, six years. Holy crap. I can believe it. it. I'm right here. We got it. Everyone playing six year, six year bingo. We got it. (laughs) Uh, So this is not going to be uh, if you tuned in at any point for our fifth anniversary special. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be that show. Um, (laughs) That was extraordinarily special. And we did not put the same kind of uh, gigantic work into this one. Let's Um, rephrase. Sparks didn't. Yeah, that's so true. Let's be real. Um, uh, that's a, that is a four-hour special. That three hours of it is us playing a very long game. Uh, it's great, and we won't do it again for a little while. <laughs> but no, little save while those he, moments. By yeah. a little while, he probably means for the tenth if we make it that far. I want to yeah. just—I want to take the moment to say that um, that uh, that episode is pro- still probably one of my favorite things we've ever done. Brandon, um, Brandon, so- Brandon that's a question. <laughs> No, 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 it's unrelated. I didn't put that as the link. Um, it didn't count it. But I just want to say that um, if you haven't seen that and you're here for the six, you should check out that that anniversary. Um, this is also, I wanted to mention, this is also the first anniversary we've done where we have not been together. It's true. No, that's not true. That's oh, it was the we fourth. We weren't together for the fourth either. Has the oh. pandemic been that long? Yeah. 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 
Jesus, man. Yeah. Now, in fairness, uh, the reason why we are not together this time is because we are all scattered to the wind. Right. It was yep. just too hard to coordinate for schedules. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the fourth, we were we were deep in the throes of the shelter in place moment. Oh, yeah, that's right. So so wow. we were we were all virtual for that one, baby. Yeah, this, <clears> this one, we got all all the fake nerds are scattered all throughout the state. Yeah. One state. Single state. Well, that's true, though. I mean, like, uh, Ryan is no longer in uh, uh, Southern California. The three of us who are in Southern California are each an hour away. Ben and I are more like a half hour apart, but yeah. Let's just say for the sake of those for the sake. Okay, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Mm, yeah, Ben and I are an hour away. Let me, you know what? Sparks, let's be let's be real. What traffic it is an hour away? It depends on the time of day you're traveling. Yeah, but thanks to technology, we are here together. We didn't have to quit the podcast. We have technology. I and it. I just, I'm, I'm really grateful we kept on that thing. But I will not let my off the hook. I said for the sake of geometry, not the sake of geography. So. Mm. Mm. Let me think about this for a second. I'm gonna let my, I'm not, I'm not gonna let myself off the hook. I made that's it fair. I, that that's me. That's me thinking too much about what we're doing here today and not not paying enough attention to you. <laughs> you called it. me on it, and I appreciate you calling me on it. I need to listen more. <laughs> when, Brandon, <laughs> when Brandon said for the sake of ge geometry, not geography, my brain instantly went to that butterfly in the sky meme that's been on TikTok recently. Oh, Butterfly yeah. In the sky. It's yeah, the, the, like the, the theme song. Yeah. yeah, like the the remix of Green Rainbow. It's like when I mean, you're training things like Butterfly in the Sky. And it's a bunch of just math. Smoking makes me high. <laughs> okay, friends. So we're here to do our sixth anniversary special. Just a quick overview of what you're going to get in this juicy, juicy content today. Uh, we're just going to do some gabbing with each other, pretty much like we've done. Uh, maybe throw out some some things we just want to talk about. And then we're going to talk about the Avengers 10 year anniversary and the relationship that has the MCU and to us. And then we're going to do some questions. And then we're just going to talk about like stuff coming ahead for the show. And then we're just going to we're going to chill and get out of here. So get out of here. Here we go, friends. Uh, does anybody have anything that is any kind of something they want to talk about that we have not been able to talk about on the show before? Mm, have we talked about Elden Ring at all? <laughs> you know, I no, don't. I, th think... I don't think it's gotten to come up. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten there yet. Let's, let's start the two-hour Elden Ring I, subsection right now. I, actually, there was one thing that came to my mind recently that I'm surprised we didn't. It, it just—it was literally recently, as to this recording, and I'm surprised it wasn't on any of the sheets when we were recording the show like two weeks ago. But that Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Now that Winnie the Pooh is in the do in the public domain, mm. like screenshots for sure. for Honey and Blood came out. Oh, okay, yeah. so so the reason why that hasn't been in the in the rundown lately is because I'm waiting for a trailer. Oh uh, yeah, which is wise, but at the same time, no, it's holy yeah. shit, holy shit, it, guys. It is the first instance, very quickly too, of something entering the public domain, and it's like we're making a movie out of it, and it's the exact opposite of what the thing is. Like yeah. very quickly. Uh, so yes, I am. I am eagerly awaiting a trailer. I hope it's good and not just being made just because they can. Um, yeah, just it feels like it's being made for the gimmick more than it's. We'll see. I we'll see. Know. Yeah, like it yeah. could be like the premise is a cool idea of like like these people went missing in the woods and like they became animals or whatever. Uh, I, I'm okay What's, with that idea. Isn't, um, it, isn't it? It's like Christopher Robin left and Pooh and Piglet became feral again because they didn't have it. They ran out of food. So they started eating like Eeyore and owl and 
but they're people. So that's what I'm curious. About. No, but I don't think they're people. I think that I think that's just the I think they're just they're they are Piglet and Pooh, but because of the live action constraints, because this doesn't have a budget, it's just wearing um, a mask. It's just wearing a mask. Interesting. If they're yeah. okay, all right, maybe we'll see. Uh, that's what not, I heard. I don't I know. Oh no, yeah, yeah. No, you're. That's probably right. Yeah. I have a uh, actor friend who's um, spent the past probably 12 years at this point working on a play uh, that utilizes the Winnie the Pooh characters to like deep, like puts them in a different context and deeper analyzes like what they are representing as far as mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, it's, it's a, it's not a bad script. I saw like an early, early, early version of it and only a piece of it, but it, it was good. Um, so he's been like, now he's like really ramping up to like trying to get it so that he can sign with like with releasing and and get it out into some test theaters and things like that. Um, but he's been like cooking on that one for a while, watching that copyright date get closer and closer. Um, the the thing that I thought was always funny about the about the thing were, were because like this is really Winnie the Pooh is really the first major IP to enter copyright in our lifetime, um, mm -hmm. and certainly. Um, because like we've lived with like Zorro and Sherlock Holmes in in public domain for Dracula. for like decades, um, and so like Winnie the Pooh was like the first one that like it, it was was the first like major one to really go into the public domain, right. and people were it was really interesting seeing people very confused about what that meant, mm -hmm. um, because everyone's like, well, wait, so but Disney has Winnie the Pooh and so like everyone so like someone like really succinctly was just like and I think Sparks retweeted this when it happens like very succinctly like if Winnie the Pooh has a shirt and is owned by Disney if he does not you're fine specifically if he has the red shirt if he has any yeah. other shirt he's fine he's got a maroon shirt murderer if he's got if he's got a blue shirt that's fine Sonic because um, that is technically a creation of Disney <clears throat> right um yeah so just honestly, basically if you're it's almost like ugly Sonic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. It's it's basically if you're going too 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 close to specifically the design for the Disney one, then yeah, you gotta change it. Um. Yeah. Peter Pan, I think, is the only other big thing that's been like in the public domain, like mm -hmm. our entire lives. Yeah. And prevalently. Um. Because anybody yeah. can do something like that, like Pinocchio. Also, you can do it. You can do anything with Peter Pan, as long as you're taking like inspiration from the novel, not not adapting like the stage shows the stage shows i think are still specifically under copyright right and then so is the disney one obviously i mean hook was uh <clears throat> because of peter pan being in public domain right? yeah right yeah. yes mm -hmm. same with um every other peter pan movie that's come out since then that that older one that came out in the early 2000s and then the pan one that came out with hugh jackman oh, oh man you guys remember that movie i've seen i, I do Does, wasn't he seeing nirvana Yep. And, yep. Oh God. that was one of the them. cooler that was one of the cooler thoughts i thought about that uh was the singing nirvana thing about pan that's one of my favorite things about it because the concept was that like because of where neverland existed like exists in a nexus beyond space and time so things can bleed through so it's like that they'd heard nirvana but they didn't like so so like things could like incorporate into their culture but like i, I thought that was a cool idea like like the idea cool. that neverland exists outside of the time sphere that that you think like earth is living in dimension wow. oh my god um garrett headland yep was hook Trump yeah. Man. Trump yeah. Man himself. that yeah that's right i remember that man 
he was pretty good in that, if I remember. So he had this really funny voice, and I don't think he became Hook at the end of the movie. I think like, nope. the idea was going to be a sequel. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan they Hookster. They don't make him Hook in the movie. I remember that that came out around the same time that Reese Iphens did a, yeah. Peter, P- a Peter Pan miniseries on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yes, that's true. I forgot about that one. Where he's like, he like owns the Lost Boys in like a London home, and then they go to like a like an orphanage, and then they like get all taken to yeah Neverland. I don't remember that one. I do remember the Wizard of Oz miniseries with Zoe Deschanel. Mm. I don't remember that one. I don't Wait, that let one. me make sure it's Zoe Deschanel. Both of both of these things have been uh, in Once Upon a Time. Yes. <laughs> oh God, the Peter Pan's time, the Peter Pan thing for Once Upon a Time. I remember watching that. Ben, season. I will never forget Once Upon a Time when Rumpelstiltskin said to the little boy, "Hello, Papa." Uh, I so will never is- forget that. Tin Man, starring Zoe yeah. Alan Neil right. McDonough, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Wow, that's right. I haven't seen that picture Terrible. in a while. I knew what you were talking about, but. Oh, I couldn't God. remember Zoe Deschanel. Like I, I thought maybe it was Tin Man because of I remember Neil McDonough specifically being in that. Oh man. Uh hey, I Sci-Fi have, Channel. I... Sci-Fi Channel, man. No, they 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 had ebbs and flows of great quality. Yeah. Um, I have one thing that I just thought of that I didn't think of before. Um we were covering all the big X-Men stuff. And then we stopped because of pandemic and reading stuff, and even I fell behind. But now that Hickman's gone. I do eventually want us to finish the Inferno era because it's mm-hmm. not, we don't have much more than what you guys read because Hickman right. left after Inferno. So like we catch up one day in like in a year or so, like it's only, it's a four issue miniseries. So it's not too bad, but I'd you're like saying, you guys to know where like, that, that saga goes. Cause we were, y'all were so invested for a time. <clears throat> you're saying like do Inferno the way we did um, X of swords. Yeah. But it's also mm-hmm. one, it's only four issues, but also like we would have, you would need to catch up on everything else. Otherwise, yeah. you, you won't have no idea what's going on. Right, um, for sure. But I do want us to eventually, because we were so good about doing that. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically put a button on it. Hickman's mm-hmm. era, and then it'll be a nice little button on everything. Yeah, I hear I'd it. really like to do that, actually. I don't know. I got, I'm got. i very far behind. Like I'm still after the, Elf- the Hellfire Saga, because I was going to catch up, but then I started reading Thor. Mm-hmm. I'm not um, talking about anything I'm saying. I know, but I, I, would like to, I would like to do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I I still have the comics. I just want to read. Me too. I need to yeah. read them. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about that part. You can read them on Marvel Unlimited at this point. Oh no! Oh yeah, no! no. That's, not the pro- that's not the problem. The problem is that big ass stack that's next to my bed right now. Well, yeah, see if you just focus on just the X Men instead of the other books you're also not reading, then you'll be fine. Yeah. Because <laughs> guess what? Damn. You're also not reading X Men books too. You're right. So. Yeah, that'd be fun. I really like to do that. Um, I, I always kind of lamented that I didn't keep up with it. Um, and if we could like find a time to to get caught up, um, to because I know Ryan, you're most you're caught up. Um, but like most for the three it. of us, like I think that'd be I think that would be a good time. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it like we did with X of Swords, where we could do like you know kind of catch up, like everything that we did. We talked about like most everything that we uh, leading up to Inferno, and then we do an episode on sure. Inferno. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be book by book because, again, I'll be talking about like 100 issues. But just like yeah. where everyone, where all the characters that are important are, you know, the state of the world before and after and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 That'd be really cool. I'd like to do that. Love it. I'm Love glad it. to see that the X-Men line is still going strong, even though Hickman's stepped out. If anything, um, because there was there was a period 
and it wasn't it's not like it's bad but like there was a period where people are like i don't know how i'm feeling about the line but we got karen gillen is leading the books now with the immortal x-men and al ewing's on x-men red so the, right. the the line is stronger than it's ever been sure because they're writing each of them are writing one to two books uh yeah. so like uh <clears throat> vita ayala's new mutants is like that's like the best new mutants book ever made that book's gonna win awards like that book is is not just good, it's actually progressive with having non-binary trans characters uh, and actually have them on the page. Something that, like, even though X-Men is all about that, like, they very they don't actually do. It's very surface level. So, like, Vita's doing the real work on that book, and I, and I bless them for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm really glad that, like, you know, however weird or complicated behind the scenes, like, the X-Men stuff got, once Hickman stepped away, that they didn't just abandon having all these X-Titles doing this oh, yeah, arc. They, it, it was too the ship was too far gone yeah um luckily they did find another captain that is that i think is just as worthy like yeah. killing uh, kieran young's the best for sure yeah i i think that the, you know when i think hickman was smart to kind of be like you know i i want to move on but they don't and we talked about when he was like when he was like leaving i, I think it was i think it was really smart that he you know he set he set down a very good roadmap roadmap he set down a really good just kind of platform for everything to be built off of and it and it it can sustain the x-men line as we've seen because he's no longer on on the books as we've seen pretty much indefinitely it will it will have to end because comics are cyclical but it's it's it can go for a very long time and he didn't need to i think they were kind of smart to be like you know we can keep playing in this we don't need to kind of rush to the end right away Absolutely. And and the stuff with um if you're watching this, listening to this, and you haven't read X-Men in the last couple of years, the X-Men are immortal and now they live on Mars and they're the rulers of the universe. And Storm is the queen of the universe. So the X-Men are the coolest I've ever been. Uh and it was when their leader guy left Jonathan Hickman, people are really scared, but they got someone just as good in my opinion. Um and like the line is just getting stronger and more unique, and they're just introducing so many new characters that will last for generations. Uh it's a gold mine. We're in a comics gold mine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Even though I'm not caught up. Well, you've you've read three years of it, so like you, you know yeah. it's good. Yeah, I'd really like to do that. We should we should we should plan to do that. Future. I uh we talked a lot about all the Star Wars news that came out last week. But mm-hmm. one thing we didn't touch on, and it's like not that huge of a deal, which is why I was like, we don't need to talk about this there, but like I think we can here is that just because I, I feel it was an inevitability. Um the galaxy's edge in the parks is no longer held to the timeline. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, so, so like, so like now you can go and like Boba Fett and Din Djarin can be there and it's not trying to still be in the existence of specifically between the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker. Oh, so like different people can appear because that was supposed to be the whole idea up to this point was that you go to Batu and you're going specifically to a time period between the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. That makes sense. I I just never that 100 percent makes sense now with all the characters that I've seen and who is there. Like mm-hmm. I just assume kind of like Avengers World, it's just like the Avengers are here. Right. Um, I honestly prefer it being just Star Wars land so I could see everybody. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's that I think that Avengers has a lot to do with it, where like people have been positively responding to just being able to see the characters in mm-hmm. the park and like any of the characters, regardless of if they're currently alive or a good guy or a bad guy or whatever's going on. Have you seen um, the Wanda face character? Yeah. Yeah. And cute. so like, and so like having them out 
has I think made them like, oh, we should be doing this more with Star Wars characters. Um, I think that's really smart. I didn't notice. I didn't like immediately think about that when when I when I saw that because I saw that Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are going to be mm-hmm. at Galaxy's Edge. I didn't quite register that that's what that meant. Um, but I'm really I'm really happy they decided to change their mind on that. Yeah. So they they've decided that like. Batu, they're 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 not like trying to do something where like they're going to make sure you have a specific timeline experience, but they are saying that like you know all of these characters could have visited Batu at any time, and you can encounter all of them because you are yeah visiting Batu at any point in the timeline, yeah, and so like, like without being that, I think that the part of the logic was because the rides, both of the rides, are specifically set in that time period, that they wanted to make everything feel of a piece. Yeah, um, sure, I get it. I think that you know we did do that, and now that time can be done. Yeah, I think while a really good idea, I do think it limits the fun that you can have with a space like that. 100%. Yeah, I think yeah. you have to do like, you know, you kind of have to think of it like Star Tours. Right. Yeah, you know, Star Tours it doesn't exist in a time period. Right. Um, you can go anywhere, be with anyone. Uh, you can start the. I don't know if this is still the case because Te- I've been technically. Tour, technically, it exists in a time period once you're in it and it's decided what you're doing. Yeah. Sure, but you can go you from time you're in. Sure, but you can go from Naboo to Crate. Sure, theoretically. Right, but uh, you're going from but you're going to Naboo during that time period. Sure, um, but still, like the idea is that it it's a it's at any point in the yeah. Star Wars timeline. Yeah, and and I I guess they were kind of thinking that they could probably get away with it because they, they weren't moving star tours to galaxy's edge but i'm glad that they're just kind of like you know what this is too much effort we don't get to play with certain base characters and now if we just let loose we can just we can actually bring these characters in and like right. obi-wan's happening right now and like every time there's a marvel show on those characters are in the park like the day oh, yeah. that the show premieres yeah like the fact yeah. that there's not an obi-wan or, or a vader walking around is like just come on why not well there's vader but vader's over in tomorrowland yeah because there's the star wars section of the star wars launch bay that's in tomorrowland that's where vader's been showing up up to this point so vader's there he's just not in galaxy's edge yeah i'm just saying yeah Yeah, for sure a lot of the face characters and like with um boba fett and Tank shand showing up over in galaxy's edge it also might be a little bit easier so that way you don't have to constantly go from one end of the park to the other end of the park to go like get, see all the face characters like you don't have to go just to because back in because like what sparks is saying a lot of face characters like vader chewbacca and boba fett they just were in the launch bay which used to have interventions they were just there that's the only place you could see them whereas force um force era um first order stormtroopers and kylo Ray and Chewbacca again, they were over in Galaxy's Edge. So the fact that we can just like go to Galaxy's Edge and see Boba Fett and Fang Shan walking around, I'm I'm cool with that. I can dig it. Question that uh the answer could be literally decades from now. Do you think they ever move Star Tours to put it in Star Wars in the Star Wars land? Or is it too is it too ingrained where it is? And I'm again I'm talking about even the future. Yeah. Like no, I'm I'm with you. I think it's too ingrained where it is. Too ingrained. It's not moving. Yeah. It's staying yeah. put. Um, it's kind of, I, I feel like with Star Tours, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the Haunted Mansion uh, spider situation. Whereas it's just too much work and it's too much money to move. What like you guys know about the spider, right? Whereas the nope. glass pane. I don't. Well, back in the seventies, a guy on acid was on Haunted Mansion, and during the ballroom scene, freaked out, pulled out a snub nose thirty four, and shot it. Hell yeah! So the spider, the bullet hole, 
is essentially looks like a spider web. So instead of taking the entire pane of wind of glass out, because you have to dig, because it's outside the berm, they have to dig. It's this whole big operation. And thankfully, it doesn't completely ruin the effect. So what Disney does is the path of least resistance to slap a spider over it. So it's covering the bullet hole. Mm-hmm. I so am not going to. I am not going to confidently say that sometime in the future they won't, because I do think there is a world where someone takes over. Bob Chapek leaves. Someone's like, "Hey, what the fuck is this?" Sorry, what the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> is this um is is this doing here and not there? I I do think that fifty years. Yeah. The, it's it's moved. I'll that's, put it this. I'll put it this way. This yeah. is why I don't think it'll happen. The uh, underground spacing that would be required to put Star Tours in that area does not exist backstage. Mm-hmm. So they would they would have to gut part of what is currently Batu in order to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they would do that. Yeah. Um. I think that's a lot of work and money that they don't need to do. And if they were going to do it, I think they'd just put a different Star Wars ride in Batu rather than move that one because yeah. it does perfectly yeah. fine where it is. I think it's also 35 years. This is a 35th year anniversary, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, 35 years, I don't think they move it just because of history at this point. Yeah, God, that makes sense. Star Wars, holy shit. I didn't know it was 35. That's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah I don't have a problem with it being there and everything. It's just, you know, now that <clears> they have an entire Star Wars space, I'm sure there's people thinking, like, why is the Star Wars ride not in Star Wars land? Like, there are in, people who don't care about Star Wars. I, I'm sure fighting that fight, you know what I mean? In yeah. in Disney World, it's not in Batu, but it is right next to it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can, you kind of get the, the synergy there. And mm-hmm. so I can see because they have that, that they wouldn't they wouldn't change it here yeah okay. whereas yeah because hollywood studios it's like right next door so i'm mean, okay close enough there but fortunately does california it's it's been an i feel like star Wars has been such a tomorrowland staple that yeah i think it's just like way too much money and way too much ever just to move it out of tomorrowland yeah here's a question yeah do we think that disney i'm i'm given the same time period 50 70 years uh-huh we think that Disney ever redoes the original lands. No. I think Tomorrowland will eventually get a facelift to look better. Oh, for sure. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I guess I should be more specific. I don't think the classic rides ever leave. I don't, don't think leave. the lands ever change. I think that you can change like the aesthetic look of the lands a bit. You'll update yeah. them. They've done that before. And I think they will continue to do that. But in Disneyland, because it's Disneyland, they will leave like the core of it as is see i'm not necessarily saying that that we could probably see like tomorrowland get replaced with gloop-de-glop land but like i i'm wondering if maybe if if they like do a major overhaul of tomorrowland to because like it's still the the far off future of 1986 like do they eventually in like 50 years be like it's the far off future of 2199 i i can see that yeah i I think so, actually. I think the, the I think like I don't I'm not as Disney uh, land as you guys are, even though I've been like there is the one like Tomorrowland ride where like the people like spin, you know, it's like an old ride, like they're mm-hmm. like rocket ships or whatever. Oh, Astro Orbiter. Yeah, like that's probably an old ride, right? I'm guessing that's yeah. old as hell. Yeah. Okay. That ride will never go away. That ride will get a huge facelift to look incredible. 
it'll be pristine looking. It'll look like it is the future. It'll still be that kid's ride. They're not going to get rid of it, but it will get an HD remaster. I'll, I'll say I'll say I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line, Brandon, they do put in a ride that is trying to be like the future actually mm -hmm. tomorrow. Right. But I think at the same time, they'll make sure they're keeping things that are the the perceived future of 1986 because nostalgia will always work. Yeah, that's true. And it's Disneyland like and Disneyland specifically that park trades in nostalgia. Yeah, oh, God, and, yeah. and also the thing of history of like, yeah, like it, the historical importance yeah. of it too is like, cool. yeah. I'm at like, a certain point, at a certain point, does it become a historical landmark? Oh, that's a good. That's and a then good Disneyland question. can't change it. That's hmm. that's on their own property though. I don't. That's a, that's a weird situation. Sure, I, but I mean, like, but but like that still would fall in like with its relationship with the city. Would would the city of Anaheim say that's a historical landmark? You can't change it now. I wonder. If like I could see. I could see. It's usually about a hundred. After a hundred, that's when you have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I could see we get past twenty fifty, and they have a conversation. And they're like, okay, so now the building where Walt's apartment was, which is the fake firehouse at the front. That's a historical landmark. You can't change that building now. And then Disneyland. And that means at all. You can't forever. update the look. You can only try to to um, maintain it and keep it in pristine condition as is. Well, that will be a different story because then we're we're 150 years in the future or whatever. So like, yeah. what, did, what did Walt Disney look like in the 50s, in the 1950s or whatever? Like, yeah. then like historical stuff. Oh, yeah. At yeah, that point, is... Disneyland is just floating above the ground. I wonder I wonder though I wonder though when they hit that point where they where they hit like you know if they try and change something and the city steps in and says no you can't honestly if they were to put in I would say that if they were to put any historical landmark on any sort of building it would probably be the firehouse oh really, I agree because really there's nothing in there it's just the fire engine and you see the light uh, I guess in certain tours um guests if you're doing a, a vip tour guests can go up into the apartment which has been kept in the same condition as walt was in since the 50s so yeah i could i could see that but everything else it's i would say it's fair or not fair game but i would say i would to answer brand's question yeah they would probably update it like give it do redo paint jobs maybe update the aesthetics a little bit here and there like Sparks was saying with the 1980-something facelift of Fantasyland. Because before, Fantasyland, Fantasyland was like a medieval-style jousting tournament with flags and sure. banners. Whereas today, it's like, no, this is like an actual medieval village, so to speak. Whereas the rides actually looked like they're part of the castle and not just like tents or anything. Like you did when, when it opened in 55. So, and also, yeah, Tomorrowland, I could easily see, like, Tomorrowland's gone through a few facelifts over the years, so I could easily see them updating tomorrow, constantly updating Tomorrowland, whereas Adventureland, um, Frontierland, and New Orleans Square, just a few new paint jobs, maybe a few yeah. updates here and there, but nothing too major outside of Career Country getting the new Splash Mountain ride, which I'm still excited for. Brandon, uh, are you reading about historical landmarks? No. No, no, no. I just wanted to know because I saw your eyes kind of scrolling. I was like, if he if he's looking up, if this is this is a thing, like, I just want no, to know. That's how I think. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. No, it's if okay. Tomorrowland uh, made a billion dollars. I feel like that we that place would probably be getting a paint job sooner rather. Oh, later. the movie? Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a better yeah. world, it did. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. In a better world where that movie was successful, Tomorrowland would look different right now. I guarantee I 100 percent guarantee you. I think, I think I think I think still we'd still be living in a space where they do they kind of do both. They retain some of the old and bring new. Yeah. I think that that dynamic will always exist with I think Tomorrowland more than anything else. They'll mm -hmm. always try and keep the idea of like 
Retro future, yeah. Retro future yeah. and then predictive future. Well, that's yeah. what um Disneyland Paris is doing. And actually, one of the reasons why I'm really excited to go to Disneyland Paris this summer is because when they were building their Tomorrowland, they decided to keep it steampunk. Like their oh, version. yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, like their version. Um, and also I've heard their version of Space Mountain is like the best version because it's like a Jules Verne shoot to the moon type of cannon where you actually Ooh. get shot where you're on an incline and you get shot out. That's awesome. Yeah. By the way, that was a really good idea. And why didn't we do that? <laughs> because we didn't think of it yet. <laughs> no, we yeah. did though. We thought of we thought of we thought of cannons shooting people to space before we thought of just launching them from a platform. And we never oh. considered that that could work. Oh, I thought you were talking about why we didn't do that for our space mountain. No, I, I'm I, talking I about I'm talking about the fact that we had multiple fictitious uh fiction novels and movies about about getting launched out of a cannon and being thrown into space and that was how space travel was going to be a thing and nasa and all their wisdom was just like you know what's better just a a big jet engine launching you from the ground i i trust i trust the science yeah i I don't i want to see step by step disprove it to me nasa i'll trust the hidden figures (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure if any sci- if any rocket scientist is listing this, it's like physics, my guy. Look, <laughs> but I do look, like your idea, Brendan. If pretty- if, oh, if, if a little get, they got the Nautilus, like the cool. Nautilus is in mm-hmm. Paris. That's awesome. The steampunk yeah. thing is so cool. If a little girl <laughs> can figure it out in over the moon, then I you know, I I get it, Brandon. Yeah, yeah anybody I'm just can saying. do it. Anybody can do it. We could do it right now. I'm all right. As long as there are spirits up in this in space to catch us, so we don't fall back into the. Of course, atmosphere. of course. It's like it's like in Brave Little Toaster when they go to space and all the balloons are on Mars. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> what that a pull, movie, right? <laughs> that move, that day, you know what? When I lost a balloon as a kid, I'm like, well, it was going to space now because I just saw it. If you just float, you just keep floating. We Gravity didn't here. have escape yeah. velocity, and there's a hold on me yet. Yeah, and there's a society of balloons on Mars. That's the sequel to it. It's it's in space because the balloon goes to space. Pennywise has to go to space. Pennywise in space is definitely. Hold up, Pennywise in space is definitely a movie they have thought about. Oh my god, I'm just imagining an astronaut is like floating in space and it's like, what's a balloon doing here? And you just see Pennywise. (laughs) (laughs) I would die. Pennywise swimming in zero gravity. Oh my god! Or trying to swim in zero gravity, but he's just in one place going. Listen, every twenty, every twenty. No, that's Jeepers Creepers. Never mind. That's twenty-seven years. Yeah. It. Wait, is it both Jeepers Creepers and it? I think they Jeepers Creepers thing. is twenty-three. It yeah, is they both they both do the time separation thing. It's not the same amount of time, but yeah. Right, Did that new Jeepers Creepers movie ever come out? It's later this year. Oh. Oh yeah. Not by the bad guy. Not by the bad guy. Yeah. Cool. Um, I have a. I, I have one. I, I. I've. It's a recent one though. Okay. Um. Recently, uh, oh. the director of Top Gun Maverick talked about how Tron Three was. Oh, I see. Okay, oh. I know where you're going. It's ready to go. Uh huh. And Disney scrapped it. Right. Now we don't. Now Disney is not going to come out right out and say. Hey, we tanked John Carter, Tomorrowland, and Tron Three because we we got Marvel and Star Wars on the horizon because those deals were definitely in talks by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the writing is kind of on the wall, and I want to talk about 
what what how do I want to phrase this? Are there are there movies from that era, the before Marvel and Star Wars, before Disney took over pop culture, that we lament not getting a sequel for? Yeah, I mean John Carter, obviously. Well, obviously John Carter, but like other other ones, not necessarily the obvious ones, because you know there's Tomorrowland. Like I'm so bummed we never got another Tomorrowland. Although that's pretty self-contained, so I'm not. Ryan, you're like, I'm okay with it. Unfortunately, movies have to make money to get sequels. <laughs> that's true, but I do think that there's a case to be made that like, if John Carter's marketing was, I, I there was a lot the bit, of talk. About, there was a lot I, of talk about this. I Go remember ahead. the biggest problem with John Carter was that, you know, Disney itself called it a flop like a weekend. Yeah. Or whatever it was like really early and like killed any momentum it had by doing so. I'll yeah. be honest, though. There was no momentum for that movie. Mm. When that movie came out, nobody fans of the franchise. Sure. But that movie did not do well because it. It's it's like big kaiju movies. Like Americans don't want to see that hardcore sci-fi with the bassoon and the badoon. And if it's not if it's not pretty like Star Wars, like you have to make it. Not that it's a bad movie; it's a good movie. Uh, it's asking a lot of your audience, and the marketing wasn't helping either. Like, no, the that marketing movie was dead on arrival. Like there was, I don't think there was any. But that's what. But that's what I'm talking about. Like the idea that like should I call John Carter Mars. If, if they had if yes. they had marketed that movie, if they because. The timing lines up. We don't. We, we're not going to know the full story, but the timing lines up that they were already in talks to buy Star Wars at the time that movie was coming out. And if they had thought that John Carter was going to be their only chance at a space at a space epic, they probably would have done better to market it. And but because they knew they were getting Star Wars, they didn't. I also think like it's it's one of those situations of like not trusting the movie that you made because again, it is a big hardcore sci-fi Disney movie. Um, and it is, it's asking a lot of your audience for like the type of movie it is, which is like, all I ever asked for is like, you know, trust, trust a creator to make a big hardcore movie. And like, like Dune, it's like, it's like a, uh, a friendlier version of Dune, right? Mm -hmm. It's hardcore again, but doom, basoom, all this crazy shit. He's, he's a, he's a confederate or whatever. Uh, the marketing didn't know what to do. I don't think the people behind the scenes, not the director, like the, the studio people were like, what do we do with this half naked dude fighting in a gladiator arena? How do we sell that to a four quadrant? And they just didn't know how. They had no idea how. And I think then just calling it John Carter is one of the biggest mistakes of all time, for real. And yeah. not not saying before, like before Lord of the Rings, before Star Wars, there was John Carter to build up the legend of this guy who does have a big history in the past. Mm -hmm. And like he was like a big popular a pop culture figure back then. Not so much now. If you lean into that shit, then then maybe they would have something. But they didn't. They just wanted to make it the next big franchise. I do think that there was a. There was a world in, in the infinite multiverse. There's worlds everywhere. But like there is a world where if they had just said in the marketing, if they, they really like leaned into the marketing of like the story that inspired Star Wars. Yeah. Like that could have really done something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that there is a that, that, that there is a guarantee that that movie would have made a billion dollars. No way. Mm -hmm. No. Movies just weren't doing that back then, just to be clear. But like that was just not. I don't think John Carter had the the staying power, but I do think I do think that there is a that there was a good chance that we could have gotten all three of those movies on just on just that first box office alone. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. Definitely, Star Wars, Marvel did impact because, like, hey, we don't have to rely on this franchise if it if it 
might not work. Like that's yeah, that and like, that's a, the, I hundred percent believe that. Yeah, that's the thing that like Bob Iger. Like I personally, I like Iger. I think he was a good fit at Disney, but like he was, but he was very much. Disney was struggling in their live action department for a very long time. They was not sure what they wanted to do. They were making theme park rides, but none of them were hitting like Pirates of the Caribbean. They were trying to to market these four quadrant films like Tomorrowland and Tron Three and the Tron sorry Tron Legacy and 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 John Carter. And they were like, none of these are going to make us the numbers that like Universal. Remember, Universal is at one point the highest grossing studio of all time. Paramount was doing a lot better. Warner Brothers was was killing it with creator-owned blockbusters that just got constantly were hitting. Disney was struggling with the live action. And Bob Iger thought that the only way to get through that was to buy Star Wars and Marvel. And I don't think he was wrong. I do think it like he was right to do it. But I I, I lament that in doing so, we never got kind of these creative, these creator visions of John Carter, of Tron. Um, because that 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 third Tron, I still, I'm still holding out hope we eventually get that film. Yeah, I'm salty about that too. I'm not. I'm never going to give up hope that we get that Tron three. Um, I would say after the success of Top Gun Maverick, because it's the guy, because the guy directed that directed the second Tron movie. Um, yeah. that would help, but it's a different studio, so I don't think Disney really even cares. Um, I don't think so they're looking at the long term of like, hey, if we make another movie of Tron, that means if it's good enough, we'll have to make another show and merchandise. And do we want to? Is that a venture we even want to do? And it looks like the answer is no. Yeah, and Which Tron, th- Tron had, um, man, guys, do you remember Tron Legacy's like multimedia marketing campaign? Mm-hmm. Like, I say what you will, but like Disney did put a lot of marketing into. There were comics, there were multiple video games with different storylines. There was the show, Sparks, do you remember Tron Uprising? Yes. Um, with Elijah Wood um, and Bruce Boxleitner became, uh, came back to be um, uh, to be Tron. But it was like the whole season was like he's going to he's going to become Rinsler. Like the idea is that uh, he's being infected by a clue. Like he's going to become Rinsler by the end of the season. And then he's cured at the end of the season. And you're like, wait. What happened? He, Tron's alive? Tron's going to be okay? And then they never officially canceled that show. They just never ordered another season, and they just let it die on the vine. Yeah. That's that's what you call a coward cancellation. That That's exactly what that is. Because uh, Netflix did the same thing recently with Julie and the Phantoms. They just kind of let it die. So I just looked up the budget and the, and the domestic growth for Tron Legacy. It cost $170 million. It made 172. Ooh. Now, now worldwide, it made 400, but that's still a disappointment for an almost $200 million movie. Yeah. Uh, Tron had really cool trailers. I know people were hyped about the music. So, like, again, like, now that it's weird, now that Disney has Marvel and Star Wars, I think people are more receptive to big hardcore sci fi and like weird stuff. Because Endgame, superhero movie, big time travel sci fi hard movie. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think the audience is more primed for John Carter now I think, than they were a decade ago. Easy. 100%. I think that's, I think that's part of it. I think there's also like over a decade ago, people didn't have faith in, faith in Disney to make good movies. It's true. Like in general, like whether it was Disney and this was before the turn in Disney animation. This was before the big hits in Disney live action outside of Pirates. Like they didn't have faith that they were making like great films, that this is like something they should go out of their way to see or like, you know, things that they could reliably say, oh, I'll have a good time at this. Yeah. 
you know, like all of these things were Tron Legacy, John Carter, all these things were like up in the air. Is this going to be an enjoyable feat? No one had a reason to have faith that Disney knew what they were doing with them. It's a really good point because, like that, there's not a there's not a long time ago where audiences like nowadays audiences are guaranteed to go see a Disney movie that's going to make a billion dollars. Look at Lion King. But ten years ago, that wasn't the case. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm looking at the Wikipedia of all these movies before the Disney Marvel era. And yeah, I'm like, not, not all of these are bad. You know, I haven't seen all these, but we're talking about things like all the Chronicles of Narnia movies, Beverly Hills, Chihuahua, uh, the Tinkerbell movie, Bolt, Bedtime Stories, Race to Witch Mountain, like varying qualities of like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing that's like grabbing. And nowadays, people. and nowadays, Disney wouldn't be caught dead making a movie like that. But I think that to your point, Ryan, that now that Disney is in a place where they have dominated pop culture, they've dominated the box office, they are people are guaranteed that if they see a Disney brand, Bob Iger successfully turned the Disney brand into something that people will go to see. Thank you, Iron Man. Um, well, that was Paramount. Um, Thanks, Paramount. <laughs> it, it, no, it's for real, though. Disney has ridden par- Paramount's coattails. Oh, like yeah. like not even joking. Paramount, Paramount is the reason why the Marvel Cinematic Universe exists and Realist- Disney realistically they stole paramount's coat yeah no for real um i often think about that a lot but i think to your point ryan that like the if disney wanted to now make tron 3 i do think that movie would be a box office success because it would come with the disney brand the disney that they would be like oh this is a disney movie i'm guaranteed that quality control that i have been so accustomed to for the past 10 years it's and it's a different it's a different uh franchise and studio but again look at top gun maverick that's a movie that shouldn't work and should not be one of the best movies of the year but because you had a studio that believed in the director and the creative process they got to make whatever the movie they wanted to right Mm -hmm. and like i would i don't know if i'd call top gun movie like a genre movie but like half that movie is just about jets and shit so i'm like if you make something good people will see it uh and i'm like just pre- man, like Tron, like Tron would. I think Tron can make a billion dollars. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Disney's gonna be an interesting place. I Tron. I think Tron will come back. I just don't think it'll come back as fast as we want it to. Yeah. I think it's gonna be waiting for that one special like director or like writer to be like, "This is the one, y'all. This is the reboot." Um, which is always kind of the case. I feel like nowadays, like you're just waiting yeah. for that one creative team. Yeah, and they don't have to do. They don't have to wait for Jeff Bridges because like they killed him in the last movie. It's a it's a better space to live in to wait for the the right creative to want to come in and do it than to just like we haven't we haven't done anything with this for a while. Let's just shell it out real quick, real quick. Uh, Chippendale is a good example. That is a that is something that a creative team wanted to make for years. Um, And yes, that is clearly a movie made by a studio. But you but that's the world we live in. Like like you look at the Marvel movies like Taika Waititi and James Gunn. They make Marvel movies, but they also make their own movies. You're right. you're onto something with Chip and Dale because you, you I don't you, who listens to Weekly Planet? I, I every week. So the they made they reminded me that Chip and Dale and Space Jam a New Legacy are quite similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Chip and Dale, however, has a creative team that gave a shit. And wanted to to promote the, the these other characters. Really wanted the cameos to like matter. And Space Jam: A New Legacy was just like, yeah, I guess we're just gonna throw a bunch of people on the side of the screen. We'll be fine, right? Clockwork Orange guys next to the Iron Giant. What what's it's fine? 
Right. People who made Space Jam and New Legacy did not give a shit. No offense to Ryan Coogler. I know he's a producer on that movie. But like nobody really gave a shit about what it meant for the Iron Giant to be in this movie, what it means for Clockwork Orange to be in this movie. But Chip and Dale did. Chip and Dale was like, okay, well, if we have Tigra from Avengers, what's that going to mean for the story? What's that going to mean for this? You know, what's what's going to be a fun cameo? How long are we going to be on that fun cameo? What's going to be like a cameo important for the story? Like they really went through it and everything in Chippendale was made with intent, whereas Space Jam and New Legacy wasn't. And that's kind of where, that's kind of an interesting place that Disney and Warner Brothers are in. It's a really good good way to to, to be like, Warner Brothers is not in the place they were 10 years ago and Disney is not in the place they were 10 years ago. In fact, they've switched. I was about to say, mm-hmm. like it's a yeah. yeah. Warner it's Brothers old. used to be the one that you would guarantee like everything they do would be with intent. Like there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of creator on and Disney is now that place. Ten years ago, we were in the midst of 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 Dark the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises yeah. was just coming out. Even though that movie might not be the best, that is still a vision of a director, right? Mm-hmm. I, I won't go so far as to say that Disney is now the guarantee of that intent, but I will That's say true. that Disney is the guarantee of it will make money and you're gonna have a time. There is <laughs> some kind because like because like it's that same thinking, right? That that gave us Rise of Skywalker. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Like, um, luckily, like the thing like Disney, obviously big shitty corporation, but like they are the ones who put out most of the entertainment that that comes out. So I'm going to want them to put out the best thing that they possibly can. Right. Right. Like and luckily Disney, again, like you said, Brandon, like they've been killing it. Like for every for every nine good movies, they have maybe they have like one bad movie. And I think that's a really good track record. It's a very the good Marvel track. Cinematic Universe, their worst movie is still better than a lot of bad movies. Mm-hmm. That's in, that is an insane track record. I would say that Pixar's worst movie is better than a lot of bad movies. Yeah, but how's their worst show? I've seen worse shows. Not good, but like I've certainly like... Uh, here, Sparks, you've seen Titans. I don't think a single Marvel show is worse than Titans. Are we still? Are we holding What If in this conversation? No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's on me being shitty. <laughs> Interesting. I yeah, once you, what you're, you're I, right I, though. I if I'm thinking about, about the live action shows, like none of them are worse than Titans. That's true. Yeah. No, but honestly, I do forget about What If all the time, and that's probably a problem. <laughs> there is a there is a quality control that, like, I think that, like, I think Disney regardless of whether or not they let a director just kind of like go crazy, which most of the time they don't, but like, you know, they have a quality control that they've adopted from Marvel. Like Marvel was the place where you knew that like there, the Kevin Feige has a quality control. He's kind of laxed a bit lately. Um, but like there was a, there's a quality control that, that came from Paramount that Disney adopted. I, I, I know I wish I did the Paramount Marvel Marvel thing because like now I'm thinking about that a lot. But like that's I, that's all I really wanted to touch on was just like I think that was an interesting way to look at just kind of where Disney was mm. not 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 long ago, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I'll and, and, go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say um every time so like after. After uh, Disney got the Alien and Predator, Fox, I was going to say the Alien franchise, but it's Fox. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, no, is Alien going to die? Like, no, the thing. No, Predator is not going to die. The thing that I that I love about Disney is that when they acquire something, they acquire it for a reason. They don't acquire it to kill it. They acquire it to make money. They are a business about making money. So they are going to exploit every franchise they possibly have until they can't. I fully expect John Carter to come back. 
TV show, animated show, not a big live action movie. I don't think they're going to do that again. I fully expect Tron to come back. Probably a live action movie. That makes the most sense. Um, even even an animated show because like that that works for the digital world. Uh, hmm. Disney is different, whereas like Paramount and like and other companies like they'll let franchises die until until until. But like Disney's like, no, we love money. And if we make something good, you'll give us the money. And that's Let's, the one thing I like about Disney is like they respect like we know we're a business transaction between us. That's why we're yeah. going to give you good shit all the time. Right. You're you're absolutely right, because like what's happened is that Disney is now in a financial stability. It now has the financial stability that every studio wishes they had that every studio honestly had. 10 15 years ago and now they don't except like, disney. except like disney disney is now in a place where they can where they can be like we're going to acquire fox and we're not going to let Pre- we're not going to let predator and, and alien die and it's not going to taint our brand because we're just going to shove it onto hulu um but like that that's still not they're letting it that's still not them that, them letting it die yeah i do think warner brothers is very close to create to to being back to going to coming back to glory they're coming I, back I do think they're very close to it and I hope they can succeed and I hope discovery can help them succeed. I, I, and I, I think that, I think universal is honestly fine. You know, they're okay. Um, and when, Paramount when you think, is okay. When you think about it, Warner brothers has been playing like the last few years, six years, whatever yeah. with one arm time behind its back because of AT&T. AT&T. Yes, it's mm-hmm. true. Uh, I think that, I hope that discovery can, and I think that Warner brothers knows that. And like, we've gotten movies that we've gotten, James Gunn's Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and Matrix Revolution, Matrix Resurrections, like movies that five, six years ago, Warner Bros. doesn't make. Yeah, Dune, 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 Dune and the Batman. Dune and the Batman. And so like, I do think that we've gotten to the point where we are seeing, I'm not confident enough to say we are seeing a Warner Bros. renaissance back to what, back to their original glory, but I mm-hmm. do think we are very close to seeing it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are, to comment on on uh warner brothers being t- with an arm behind their back i mean there's a reason john oliver constantly made fun of at&t on his show still does and no, they sucked they were not it, a good fit for that company yeah so i will because i'm i'm looking forward it's like some of the stuff that warner brothers has been putting out recently i'm looking forward to it like with dune the batman um god what was another one we just said that was really good uh, matrix, matrix thank you yeah matrix, matrix. Versus, which is their smash brothers fighting game god uh, versus yeah they could have they could have very easily said no you cannot use like all of these you cannot use the actual voices and all this stuff like like a lot of the other fighting games have come out have done uh that is a game with warner brothers fully in support 100 behind it every step of the way i can't i uh, can't wait to see godzilla in that game bro i cannot wait for ted lasso to show up in that game <laughs> i haven't even watched that tony show. tony soprano <laughs> tony soprano throwing cannolis yeah. all right anyway uh i think that's a good all that all that conversation about around that time period is a good transition. I was going to go into a different thing, but we'll go into this. Why don't we talk about it's the 10 year anniversary of Avengers. Avengers hit theaters a little over 10 years ago. Um, I want us to talk about where we were, uh, how we felt going into it, how we felt coming out of it, um, our hype levels, all that kind of jazz. Um, I want to start with this one. How many times did you guys see it in theaters? Ooh. I want to say if twice. You remember. I think I saw it three times. I want to say, I want to say four. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not sure. Ryan, you but said y'all three at midnight. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, you said three. Yeah. Six, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
don't yeah, think I've I ever, was, I don't think I've ever seen a movie six times. I'm trying to part think. of it. Oh. Part of it was because uh, almost every time I went, I was taking someone new to mm. see it, and I wanted that that experience over and over and over again. I did that with Infinity War. I saw Infinity War four times because I just wanted to see all of my friends freak out when everybody died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my one coworker, I'll always remember this, but he was Sean. He didn't read comics. He didn't know pop culture at all. He just watched movies. So the second you see Bucky fall and Black Panther, he's like, did they just kill all those heroes? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> I did it. Oh, it was great. Avengers, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I I remember I remember like I remember all the way going back to like the Iron Man post credit scene and Nick Fury appearing and saying you know the Avengers thing and then like turning to the to, to everyone I was hanging out with at the time and being like holy shit they're doing the thing they're doing the thing this is gonna be the thing and they're like I don't understand what that means <laughs> and, and yeah. you know you get you get down the road and once once you get to Iron Man two and the Thor trailer like they start to see okay so these things are going to be the same and i'm like yeah 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 uh <laughs> and the hype level going into avengers i remember people like there was all this anticipation it's hard to think of anymore of like okay so this is either gonna this is gonna succeed and change everything or bomb. in film or it's going to bomb and they'll never do this again <laughs> this is yeah. the end of the universe and uh and i remember going to it at midnight and i was so hyped and i'm like this is this is literally like for our generation this is star wars coming out yeah this no, is the closest yeah. it, it would ever be and i knew it then i'm like this this is changing blockbuster film this is changing pop culture this is the moment right now for better uh, or for worse yeah and i remember going in with all that all that like hanging in the air and i was so like oh my god are we gonna do it i want to comment ryan mm-hmm I think if Disney had never bought Marvel Studios, it would have been for the better. <laughs> Unequivocally, I do think Paramount would have had a, had a very different and probably not as defining hand in the in, in the MCU. I think that I think that there was a lot of that Disney did that when you watch those early films doesn't quite. You know, I talk about like Disney removed all like sex. There's no like se implied sex in these films anymore. Um, although that's changing, but like. Um, I, I think that that the monoculture was because Disney bought the MCU, but that's I'm not thanks, no. I am. I, we have a considerably better MCU for it, but I do think Hollywood is not better for it. Yeah, that's what, I, I, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, because um, I I mean like I don't know that you get the same resources or the same audience pool if they're not able to engage with it on the way that they're able to, because it's Disney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I remember. I'm oh, sorry, Ben, if you want to go. No, no, I was going to say, I remember the whole day vividly, actually. Um, when that day, when that movie came out, the night it came out, I remember I was at Mount San Antonio college in Walnut and I was doing my morning radio show. And the whole week leading up to Avengers, I was doing a little, I created a little segment called Avengers Showcase, where I would take one character of the Avengers team and I would talk about them, like what their first appearance was, the little bit of a backstory, essentially telling the Casey casuals who didn't really know comics where this character came from. And that. that Thursday, of course, I did Thor. But the whole, the whole show, that whole show was essentially dedicated to the Avengers. 
Mm-hmm. Like every single segment outside of the news, we were just talking about how hyped we were, how excited we were, what our favorite MCU film up to that point was, what was could possibly. I was playing clips from the trailer between Tony Stark and Loki on the air. It was, I could not have rushed to the tr- to my dad's truck when my last class came out and drive as fast as possible to Northridge to meet up with Brandon to go see the movie that night. I it remember. worked. I was so unbelievably hyped i the movie had aired already in england like two weeks prior avengers assemble um and i like maybe like a week prior maybe it wasn't that long but like i do remember having to avoid a lot of spoilers and i had colson's death spoiled for me um man i was on spoilers even a decade ago (laughs) i wasn't on twitter then though that was just I was just on a news site and they're like, the headline was like, Coulson dies in Avengers Assemble. I'm like, really? Damn. What the hell? Um, so I was very, I was very careful, but um, I remember a few times. I remember, I remember seeing a few movies at midnight. I've talked a little bit about my, my experience watching Revenge of the Sith on Twitter recently. Um and Avengers was that was another moment where I just I remember being in line. I remember what theater. I remember where in line I was. I remember going up to the to the to the to the ticket taker and being like, "Hey, do you guys have the 3D glasses?" Because they had the 3D glasses that looked like the Avengers glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and they didn't. Um, I think I I think I have a Captain America pair from like a later one of the later times I went and saw it. I'm After pretty I'm pretty sure I still have all four, but I don't know where they are at this point. And I I remember where we sat in that theater. And I remember, you know, it would be cool if I said Avengers and the whole theater just yelled back assemble. So I did. And only one person yelled back. <laughs> and it was him. But like I didn't care because like I, nowadays it's kind of embarrassing. But like I didn't care because I was so God, I was so excited for that movie. I was so at that point just hardcore into the MCU. There was nothing there was nothing that could make my excitement less. Mm-hmm. I remember Brandon planning telling me about that plan about yelling Avengers and I yelling assemble right afterwards. I also remember seeing our spot in line with the group we were with we were, the group we were with and we were giving someone our subway orders because there's a subway across the parking lot to go get food oh i remember so, the subway yeah so they so we just gave them the money they come back with subway and we're just because we were in line for a good five four <laughs> four to five hours before yeah, they didn't, the theater that we were in didn't have assigned seating yeah so we this was back in the day where we and this is also before because i remember the following year or so or two years, whatever um, we went to go see Iron Man three at midnight and we were going to try and sit outside for like hours. But then we realized, Oh wait, they have a nine o'clock showing now. So we just bought a ticket for the nine o'clock and I went back to my dorm and took a nap because I was sleepy. God, um, remember. Yeah. Back in the days when midnights were true midnights. Yeah. <laughs> no. Cause I, the only other from the films I remember seeing at true midnights were transformers revenge of the fallen. I know. I saw that shit in IMAX too. Holy crap. 
uh, the Harry Potter film, the the ending of the Harry Potter films, Deathly Hallows Part One and Two. I remember. Real quickly, Ben, may I interrupt? May I interrupt about Revenge of the Fallen because you said you saw that at midnight in IMAX. I also saw that midnight in IMAX, and I was in the front row. Oh, like I'm talking like the front row because it was the only seats left. And I remember I was with I was with uh, Sparks. I was with Elliot and Harrison. Mm-hmm. And so like we were watching the movie like this. And the title, you know, the title cards would have like the locations. We would go, fump, 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 <laughs> just constantly reading the title. It was not a good experience. Yeah, I waited six hours in line for to get good seats for Revenge of the Fallen. My dad thought I was insane when I told him I was going to drive to Northridge, which was an hour, forty-five minutes to an hour drive from my house. To go see the Avengers, drive back, and go to school and do my radio show, which started at 8 o'clock in the morning the next day. He also thought I was insane. You were. And but I did it. I made the show on I made the, the show on time. Of course, the, the Friday after the Friday morning afterwards, I was like, okay, no spoilers for Avengers, but holy crap, it was one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. And essentially it was still talking all about the Avengers because a bunch of people, my co-hosts at the time. They also saw it the, the, the night prior. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most, I would put me seeing Avengers for the first time up there with my viewing of Star Wars Episode Seven, mm-hmm. as in how, where Star Wars made me cry during the opening because I was seeing a new film in a franchise that have that forged me through my life. Avengers was the start of something brand new that I didn't know I was going to like. I knew of the Avengers, like when I finally did see the end credits scene of Iron Man, it was on stars years after the fact. I didn't know about it. When I, rem- I remember the day I saw Iron Man after the once the credits start rolling, my dad and I popped out of that, mo- that theater to go sneak into I Am Legend. We <laughs> did it. we did that shit. And I didn't know about the post-credits scene. It wasn't until I was talking to uh, kids at school after that was like, oh yeah, did you see the end credits for Iron Man? I'm like, there's an credit scene for Iron Man. They're like, yeah, I don't, it's all rumor right now, but they said the, the Avengers initiative. I'm like, the Avengers, you mean that team that's like the Justice League, but isn't the Justice League? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it started my journey. And I remember when I saw Iron Man 2, I forced my dad to stay after the credits and we saw Thor's hammer. And I'm like, they're doing Thor next and Captain America. We're getting the Avengers. It's, it's happening. And my we're leaving the theater. And my dad's like, what's going on? I was like, Something's happening now. This is some good shit. I remember being at the Captain America First Avengers screening for Comic-Con because it was a few days. Yes, I was with you because it was a few days uh, before it released in theaters. It happened to be Comic-Con happened to be on the week Captain America was coming out. And so a few days before it came out, they had a special screening and we got to go to it. And so the the insanity from that post credits, which was basically the first teaser trailer for the Avengers. Man. And ever since like the, 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 the hype stream was just extreme. That year wait between Captain America, the first Avenger and the Avengers was. Oof. It was brutal, but it was worth it. I was dating. I had just started dating somebody at the time. Um, and so we were doing a, marathon of the films up to that point and they're like i have to watch all these and i'm like yes yes you do that's the whole thing (laughs) boy starting that marathon now 
Yeah, I mean, like it's a totally different thing. But like, it, I was like, you, you, you're good. That's the whole point. Is like we do all this, and then it's gonna, it's gonna all just boom together. And talking to people and saying like, this is gonna be the next Star Wars, and people being like, my God. And this is at the time when we thought Star Wars was over as far as films. Mm-hmm. My God, starting that marathon ten years ago, looking at it ten years ago, looking at it now is just insane. Over twenty films, twenty five, almost thirty films. In Over its, 70 films. In its entirety. It's just not. I'm surprised we were even able. It, it took us, what, three weeks to get through all the films before uh, Endgame? More more than that. It took us three weeks to discuss it. Yeah. Brian, you haven't said anything. No. Uh, I didn't see it. <laughs> you still haven't seen it? Yeah. I, I just. I just. I was osmosis. osmosis. Uh, so I've been reading comics most of my life. So. Yeah. Uh, the hype is I I firmly even after the trailer jokingly I didn't believe this movie was happening yeah. I just could I just couldn't believe I remember seeing it walking into the theater like I don't I think we're seeing a different movie right now guys I don't believe this is happening right now um I got an Iron Man tattoo like I had an Iron Man tattoo like like as soon as I turned like 18 uh one because I liked the movie but two because I I've been reading the comics forever and I connected with that character um so having the first Avenger Sorry, Captain America. The first canonical Avenger. Um, be Iron Man, a character nobody cares about, was really cool. Because now he's like the most popular character in the world. Uh, which is, I'm not one of those people who gatekeeps. The, the more popular my, my character gets, the better for me. Because that means I get more of it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Captain America, I never really connected with until afterwards. Um, I was just young and didn't give a shit about America. So I didn't think his comics could be cool. Now you're um, old and you still don't give a shit about America, but he's cool. True, 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 true. Yeah. Uh, and then after that movie, uh, the Brubaker comic started and I started picking or uh, uh, was coming on trades and I was picking that up. Um, though I didn't really care about either. Uh, the thing that really got me was um, was Thanos uh, being the only person in my theater who knew that who that person was. Sure. Because um, right. it's one of those things where like even now, like we're all nerds and we're all so ingrained in it now. But back then, uh, they, nobody was. Nope. Yeah. Um, and it's just really cool to like, everyone's like, huh? And I'm like, I, I get that reference. <laughs> it was really nice. It was really cool. And I was like, oh, if they could do Avengers, then they can do Thanos. And luckily, I thought Thanos was going to be Avengers too. I didn't think Endgame was was the the encapsulation of everything. And that's why Endgame is so good. That's why, why when, <laughs> that's why when Age of Ultron was announced, I was like, wait, I thought the next one would be Thanos. Yeah, that's 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 what I assumed. And also, I was reading the comic Age of Ultron at the time, which starred Wolverine going back in time. So I'm like, are the X-Men coming? And it's like, no, it's literally nothing to do with that comic whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I, oh, that's going to be the start of doing that then. You're really you're you're really right. Like nothing like Avengers had ever happened before. Like Sparks, you said this was our Star Wars here. And 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 just like. We had dreamed for years the closest thing we ever got to a team movie was george miller's justice league that never happened yeah and that was not going to star brandon rath and christian bale right Bunch of, and that's, 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 the thing, that's the thing is like anything in our concepts of ever picturing a justice league film or an avengers film was always just like we weren't anticipating that we'd have solo films yeah with those characters apart from it we just wanted the one thing mm-hmm. it, the, we didn't the know that they could do it yeah, mm-hmm. now now we know they have the patience because like you know like everyone's like oh Secret Wars is gonna happen in a year I'm like yeah. y'all well, you saw Endgame that took how long did it take to get there like patience like yeah. after Avengers and then I saw Age of Ultron I'm like oh man they really are doing a long con here and then the Age of Ultron 
post credit of like Thanos doing it himself. And I'm like, man, I'm I'm indifferent on the movie, but like you're setting Thanos up like pretty well. And then the Guardians, and it's like, it, it, it's it's hindsight is it's man, it's just really impressive. And it's I want to really, say that really like impressive. like like spreading out the Infinity Stones throughout the phases mm-hmm. ended up actually being a really smart move. Yeah. Because like as much as I got kind of tired of it by the time the time stone became the the eye of Agamotto, I was just kind of like, okay, what? So there's just every every movie they're just gonna find a a, a, a stone MacGuffin. But like mm-hmm. in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, oh, actually no, that that's a great way to do the shorthand of like now you don't need to explain what any of these stones do because I've seen them already. Yeah, right. and it made the audiences register and care about them. Yeah, and it's such a it's such a. With how with the breadth of comic villains that you have, making Thanos your first big one, like Thanos, like there are so many characters. Like Thanos could be your end, your very, you're not I say your end game, but I mean like the actual very end game. Like Thanos could be the end all be all villain in your multi in your multiverse or whatever, right? Like Kang could be that, Doctor Doom could be that, Ultron could be that. Like all of these characters have the potential to be like world threatening, conquering things for a decade. Um, but Thanos really was, I think, the first was the best choice because he is a he's a person with a goal that's beyond his goal of collecting things. Because once right. you get the Kang, where it's multiverse stuff, and once you get the Doctor Doom, where he's a techno wizard, it's you're starting to get a little a little beyond the normal villainy. So like, I think Thanos was the perfect villain of like, hey, I'm trying to collect these stones. That's and my goal. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that like watching the MCU kind of go through its growing pains with Thanos Mm -hmm. because if you, if you actually follow the movies, Thanos's motivation doesn't jive with his end game appearance. Oh no. Not really. Because like, there's a line, there's a line that I always loved. I always loved this line. And at the end of Avengers to go back to the Avengers where the other, which is, um, Alexis Denisov's character. Mm -hmm. Um, when he says, um, when, when he's like to challenge earth is to court death. That's, and that's, that's the thing that Thanos turns back and smiles because he's like, I, I like death. Death is hot. I want to, I want to bone death. And yeah. so like that, and that's still like the thing that's still kind of the thing, even into guardians of the galaxy, which is like the third time, the second time we see him. And then, but Endgame completely is just like, you know what? Actually he was doing this for quote unquote altruistic reasons. Infinity um, war. Really? Infinity war. Really? Yeah. I, it, I, it makes sense to me, and I think I think he is a more compelling villain when he is like the hero of his own story. Sure. I just like Thanos being a horny asshole. <laughs> That's the character to me. He's all powerful, and he wants someone who doesn't want him, and he right. will do literally anything to get her, even destroy the universe itself. I think that is like beautiful and romantic in a really weird way. He's like the most insane simp of all time. Uh, yeah. But I also like the eco terrorist. Like, does that like? I really like that too. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad the choice they made. But now in that new, uh, that new trailer we saw, Lady Death's there, and I'm like, what are we doing now? Yeah, what yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just so wild to think about the time before the big bubble burst. Yeah, and like, and like, us being who we are, being, being like as entrenched as we were, knowing that bubble was probably going to burst the right way, and everything was going to be different after that. Yeah, um, I can't tell. Like, I remember having conversations with with people who who weren't very familiar 
with most of these. They saw the the previous films, but they weren't familiar with the comic characters at all. And I'm like, you really need to understand this is this is big. This is gonna this is really going to change the landscape if they nail it. Um and just not not really comprehending, not understanding what that what that could mean. I remember specifically, and I remember it because it happened. And every time I hear the line in the movie, I always think about it. I remember when I was watching Avengers, when it became real for me. And it's such a small thing um, when I was like, holy shit, they did it. It's really happening. It's all here. And it's in the middle of the film. It's when uh, it's a shot of Nick Fury on the helicarrier. And someone is coming in over the dialogue, radioing to him and saying, we've got Hulk and Thor battling on the lower decks. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that the guy said that, I was like, we did it. We're here, baby. (laughs) He just said Hulk and Thor are battling on the lower decks. Uh, I think it's before, um, but it's when, oh yeah, yeah. It's when, it's when Loki gets captured and then Thor comes to take him out. And there's like the, like the force battle between Captain Mm -hmm. America and Iron Man and stuff. And I'm like, and Thor, uh, that's where I'm like, oh my god! There, he did the hammer thing on the shield. Oh my god! The, the thing that was so, the thing that like blew my mind about it was that like you know, kind of going back to what I talked about, like I never envisioned a Justice League movie could ever exist with Brandon Routh and Christian Bale because that's just not how movies were made. That's just not how thing was a uh, thing was done back then. Yeah. And so like, I, by the way, I still would like to see a George Miller film. Um, but like, I remember sitting there thinking to myself. I I know these characters. I've seen these characters before. I'm watching I am watching the equivalent of a comic book crossover. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I am watching right now. Right. Yeah, it's what a what a change. What a cultural cultural touchstone that we've lived through, guys. Mm-hmm. What a wild thing. And now we're at a point where this franchise is still going on and one of our main characters, sorry, two of our main characters are dead. Um, one of them is more ripped than he's ever been, and he's really funny. Um, another one uh, has a new cousin we're getting introduced to. Uh, another one has a new young sidekick. Uh, who am I missing? Um, it's just like, oh, just uh, Captain America is old, and we're getting a new one. Like, Thor, we're getting a new one. Like, like the, it feels like the comics now. Like, it's always felt like the comics, but like now we're at the legacy point where legacy characters are, are coming in. Right. And I'm like, wow, we're getting old. I don't think I agree. With, there's a lot of people talk about like phase four being directionless. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I do think it is strange. It is a strange. It's not strange. It's a, it's an interesting place to be in that we don't know the end game destination. Like we don't know that Avengers is coming. Like yeah. we knew we knew essentially we knew from the moment we had hoped anyway uh, that that an Avengers movie was coming after Iron Man one. But like we don't know that there is a crossover movie happening. There's no, there's no end point that we are aware of for phase four. And I do think that's an interesting place to be in, but I actually think this phase is, 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 is harkening back in many ways to phase one. But here's the thing. Like, I, I don't see why, why people think it's a problem. Like I don't, don't tell me that we're like, oh, we're building to Avengers in 2027. Don't tell me that. Cause it's like, it's, it's like, it's just like, TV- go ahead. Should go ahead. Yeah, no, like no, no. it's just like comic books. We don't know what the next comic book event is until it's announced. Mm-hmm. I'm not reading Spider-Man Seven, going, "Geez, when is this going to tie into Avengers?" That's not the way I operate. I'm watching uh, Black Panther and I'm watching Ant-Man Three, 
when they announce Avengers is when I'm like, oh, that's what they're building towards. I'm not, I take it as like, I'm not, I think Endgame has put people in a way of like, everything has to be an Endgame now. And I'm like, we could just build slowly. I think it's, I think it's TV show logic. Mm, I think that like they, they think of the film series. A lot of people think of the film series of the MCU now, like they think of a television show. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is linking together and leading to that big season finale, not series finale, season finale event. And they're just like, we've watched a lot of things. Where's our where's our heads up for where our season finale is? Yeah, that's a good point. It's that that kind of logic that you're rewriting your brain to to view it as and not thinking about it as the individual films that happen to come together. People need to live in the now. Because think about it. We we have never, ever been in a point where we didn't know an entire phase because Mm -hmm. we don't know. We don't know the entire the entirety of phase four. They, right. And it's we probably this is probably we don't even know we don't even know what shows coming out after She-Hulk. Yeah, exactly. So like we don't we don't know where Phase Four ends. We are probably only at the halfway point by the time She-Hulk comes out, well, maybe. And also, so like we've never we've never been in that place. But I actually think that's kind of exciting because we now live in a world that feels very much like Phase One, where we are getting Kevin Feige a little bit more. We're seeing Kevin Feige have a little bit more faith in the director's kind of showing kind of like they're doing their own thing the shows are, are still on rocky on rocky soil but we're seeing interesting characters being introduced that people are uh, engaging with and I, I do feel like this is the closest we have come to feeling like phase one again and i actually think that's kind of exciting yeah. i i agree and also like phase one we were getting one to two movies a year yeah. now we're getting five tv shows and three movies a year like no, yeah. you can't have almost ten things all leading up to one thing. That's not how. That's not how a universe is. Like, why would Shang Chi and Eternals have anything? You know what I mean? Like, not everything has to connect. For sure. Which, and I think Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige was trying to warn us. Like he he knew. Like the thing is, the MCU has rewired people's brains. Yeah. As Sparks was saying, like it's TV show logic. We always knew that Infinity War Part Two or Endgame, was always coming. We always knew that Age of Ultron was coming. We always knew that Avengers was coming. When when they started announcing an entire phase, they announced an entire phase. But when Kevin Feige announced Phase 4, he didn't announce all of it. And he said to us, and he, and he said to us, he said, I just announced all this shit. You want more? Exactly, yeah. And so, like, that's the thing. That, and I think he tried to... He, he tried to... He he knew that what he had done had rewired people's brains, and he was trying to prepare us for the fact that, like, that's not going to be the direction going forward. Yeah. And I don't think... I, I know none of us think this way. Uh, there is a sub... Like, there is a section of, like, people who just disregard characters if they're not important. Mm-hmm. Or if, like, you know, like, Ant-Man... Like, I'm not going to, like, the fan Ant-Man is, like, the greatest character of all time, but, like, people just won't watch those movies because, like, who gives a shit about Ant-Man, Right. And I'm like, you're missing out on one of the best phase. MCU movies. I want an entire phase of nothing but Ant Man to shut these people up. <laughs> because, like, honestly, we got like Shang Chi is a character that nobody knew. Moon Knight's a character that nobody knows. But those, those, all those things are liked and loved, right? Because if you just make it good, like Moon Knight's not connecting to the Avengers. I hope people aren't asking those questions because that doesn't, ha- it doesn't well, have to. That's, that's another good point. I do think, I think we're kind of at a point where we're not building to one crossover. We're yeah. building to a few. Right. Cause I think we're getting the midnight suns and the Avengers differently. I don't think we're getting yeah. them together. I don't think yeah. Moon Knight and blade and Captain America are going to team up. I think we're getting two. I think we're getting different crossover events Absolutely. coming. And that's probably what the, what that's hap- what's happening there. 
Right. Well, there was something else. Oh, we've been saying we've been saying it's Phase Four. I want to apologize. It is not called Phase Four. It is Phase Wong. Oh yeah, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Put him right. literally everything. Very good. I I enjoyed that. If anyone has any last thoughts uh, on on the MCU, especially in relation to the 10 year anniversary of Avengers, uh, if not, we'll move on from our long MCU minute into the rest of our annual. Do it. Um, any memories of the show in the past year, guys, that you want to talk about? Our shows, the fake nerd shows. I anything stand out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Brian, did you? Yeah, maybe I go. Um, my, the first thing that came down was seeing Spider Man. Mm. Spider Man uh, No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, that's that's still one of my, one of my, I think one of my favorite MCU movies. Not just because of the cameos, but like I think it's just a really fun special movie. Uh, and seeing I, it with friends at like at premiere time is good. I think getting to do the Spider Man revisitation episodes was a great time. No, oh, yes, that's yeah, I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. those. Mm. The Spidey era of the podcast was nice. Yeah, yeah. I uh, have a few things and I want, that, that, I, that I've really enjoyed doing the show this year, doing all of our shows this year. I haven't done all of our shows this year, but some of them. <clears throat> I, this is not a slide on you guys. I've really enjoyed finally getting to talk about Star Trek in a more, um, in, a, in, a, in a better atmosphere, not a better atmosphere, in a bigger atmosphere. Somewhere um, where somebody watches the show, Brandon. <laughs> well, because I don't, there's there's a couple of things that I don't really get to <clears throat> talk about on the show, and we all feel that way. We, we've we've all we've all got things that like you know we're all not watching the same stuff. We're all not doing the same things. Like yeah, um, and so like I was I'm really grateful that I finally got a place to kind of revisit how much I do love Star Trek with uh, Cookie from Just a Little Podcast and Michael Carls from Dumber and Nerdy, and finally get to like really deep dive into these into these shows that I just I've just kind of passively watched and being able to like actively watch and actively discuss has been a lot of fun. I love that for you. Yeah. That's the that's the first thing. But the other thing is the fake nerd awards was fun as hell. Yeah. That was a good time. That was so much fun. And I would I would say the fifth anniversary special was also one of those, but that I don't that I don't want to do that. Obviously, like, well, well, that, 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 the fifth anniversary special is is great. Like, I but will harken back to that myself. Doing, <laughs> yeah. doing the fake nerd awards was a lot of fun, and how quickly we put that together, and the people who who engaged with that, even though it wasn't that many, like getting to kind of just be like. John Cena won Best Actor. Like no, you're, no one's ever going to say that on a real award show. And like and that just, was, and they're wrong for it. And they're wrong for it exactly. And like that was, that was a lot of fun to kind of to to get to do. And we get to like, we got to highlight things like, like Transformers Earthrise. Like right, like Sparks. We get to be like, that didn't win, but I wanted to highlight the how crazy of a turn that show took when Starscream found out of Unicron. And so that, that gave me the opportunity to kind of gush about that a bit more and tell people a bit more about that. And, 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 you know, like Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman and like these things that like, that was just a lot of fun to get to do. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good one. That's a good pull. I, I really enjoyed doing the annual. I, I'm the, sorry, the awards. 
I I want to make that an even bigger thing in the future. I think that was that was a knockout for us. We should have been doing all along. <laughs> yeah, I think I think next year with, with the with prep time, as Batman yeah. would say, um, yeah. we have with Batman we prep have, time. <laughs> we have that. We, we can make that something really cool, and I think that'd be a lot of fun to do next year. I agree. Ben, ooh, hope this is doesn't sound uh, narcissistic, but um, something that really that really hit me was like, holy shit, really was the, um, was when pause got nominated for the snobby awards. No, for yeah. sure. Not once, not twice, but three times. Cause when Brandon said, Hey, put this thing for an award. I think you have a sh- chance. I'm like, sure. Might as well. I didn't even think about it until it's like, Hey, we're going to announce the nominations. And then I listened to it and I was like, what do you mean? I got nominated three times. Mm-hmm. And I think fact- we, I, I, I knew you had a good shot because uh, based on our pause menu is our like our most popular show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you did that show and I'm really proud of you for getting that award. Thank you. And yeah, so that, that's definitely something that, uh, that, uh, that's, st- that stands out to me, but that stands out to me personally for the show, for, for doing the show. But also the other thing that stands out is the fact that all four of us were just so hot on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 when we went and saw it a few months ago. Oh, that, actually, Dan, I saw it again, and I'm not so hot on it anymore. I'm just kidding. How <laughs> dare you? Bro, I've played Sonic games since then because of that movie. Fuck, I, so, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, so just to, I mean, just go in because I remember when we first saw the, when we saw the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and I was like, I was like man, these guys are probably going to like it. And then just seeing, just hearing Brandon saying how excited and how hyped he was to see the second song of the Hedgehog movie, I was like, "Man, this just makes me so happy." Because you guys, because when I try to introduce you guys, or when I have introduced you to other Sonic media, i.e., the comic books, I'm always like a little nervous in how you guys are going to take it. Because I know me and Sparks, being big Sonic the Hedgehog fans and growing up, those books they have a special place in our heart, flaws and all. But with Brandon and Ryan, who are more in tune for other books, it's like, hmm, I wonder how these guys are going to take it, how they're going to like it. And yes, your criticisms are are very well founded, but also there's just that little point is like, oh, are they gonna like? How hard are they gonna go on me for picking a certain book or whatever? And then anything could be good. It's just yeah. sometimes the Sonic books that you pick, you pick good ones. Sometimes they're just written for children and awfully yeah. written. That's all it I, is. I want to I want to say Ben, I liked Sonic the Hedgehog two so much. I actually think it impacted how much I enjoyed Halo. I'm not saying that I would have liked Halo, but mm-hmm. I might. I, done. I, 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 but I am saying that like, I probably would have given Halo a pass if I had not seen Sonic the Hedgehog two. Mm. How you supposed to do it? Brandon liked Sonic the Hedgehog two so much he got it on Steelbook. So you know that's how that's how much. <laughs> that's really I don't even likes it. I don't even own the first movie. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah, wanted baby. that steelbook. No, yeah, when um baby. when Sparks, I remember when Sparks called or he texted me one morning. He's like, "Hey, do you have like thirty dollars to burn?" I'm like, "I don't know why." And he sent me the link for the steelbook. I'm like, I instantly pre-ordered it from Best Buy. Well, the reason like, I asked the question that way is because I was like, I wasn't gonna let you not get it because like if you couldn't do it, I was like, I'm gonna get this right now for you because <laughs> like you need to have it. This the second I even told Fanny when I came over work that I was like, "So I bought something," and she's like, "What?" And I'm like. And I showed her the steelbook. She's like, oh, it's just like the, yeah. yeah that one? Yep, that yeah, one. That's good. I mean, how could I not? It's A, the poster that I really want. And it's also a knockoff of the game cover. That's like, that has nostalgia's bitch written all over for that's it. The, that's the best poster of the movie. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I know I know it's a homage poster to the game, but like that that is the best poster of that movie. It, it looks it looks the best, it is done the best. It it represents everything that that movie does well, which is it's just a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. It is just a hey, how cool is Sonic the Hedgehog? There's that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, have we have you guys seen any of the footage for Sonic Frontiers? We're going to talk about it on the podcast. We're going to talk about it on the podcast. We'll talk about it on our regular episode, which now you know was last week, friends. <laughs> yes. Go last week to hear our thoughts about Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and uh, there, Sparks and I have thoughts. Oh, yeah. I also uh, have thoughts oh, as a gamer. Oh, oh thank God. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, anyway, uh, so uh, I think um, the other thing in this past year that we've done that I'd, I'd really like to spotlight is um, the matrix specials the matrix episodes that we did yeah i loved going back to the matrix with all of you i yeah. really enjoyed that that was, was that really was the highlight of my time it was really good rewatching those films because i haven't seen those films in over 10 years some of them 15 maybe it's nice to know there's not a bad matrix movie that was a that was a shitty time of the year for me and so having the one-two punch of spider-man and the matrix with you guys was really really nice a, a very nice like vacation from what was going on i'm really glad we were able to pull that off um because pulling something like that off with our schedules is not easy Mm -hmm. um and and so like being able to do that and and doing it well and for me basically remembering that the matrix freaking rules and it's like my favorite thing ever, and I completely forgot. And so watching specifically, movie, specifically the whole Matrix, not just not just the Matrix, but yeah. the whole Matrix, the whole thing was just like, oh right, I adore this. This is incredible. And then being able to like bathe in the in the beautifulness of Matrix Resurrections, like I just, oh, it was it was a wonderful time. Um, I really liked a lot of the basement arcades we got to do together this year too uh for the spooktober time period oh yeah you guys um, always like scaring the shit out of me yeah but the fact that like while you were playing brandon was getting scared too the fact that we were able to do a lot of these <laughs> yeah. with brandon so brandon oh, was getting freaked out at the same time like those outlast videos are great so <laughs> i think the two the ones that bring ring more in my mind for base arcade for a spooky arcade was obviously five nights at freddy's because that's been one that actually i've been wanting to play for a while sure but um What's that PC game that you and Ryan had me play? That All was... Poppy, which I don't Call want Poppy. you to say too much about because we're still going to make Brandon do it for next Spooktober. Yeah. Is um, that, did you guys release that? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the one we told you not to watch. Yeah. Oh. I was like, I didn't, I'm pretty sure I watched all of them, but you're right. I didn't watch all of them. Yeah. We told you specifically don't watch that because we're going to have you play it. Yeah. So Tall okay. Poppy was definitely one that I had a lot of fun doing. But also, I think that has some of the best, like some like best reactions. Yeah. Especially when I open a door, I open a certain door, and I see something, and I go, "Oh, that." Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> this was and, a, that was a good Spooktober overall. I I look forward to planning and making an even I, even better one. It reminded me of one that I wanted to bring up. I really loved playing Aliens Fire Team Elite with you guys. Yes, me too. I can't wait to get back to it. I'm, I'm I working on getting my setup going so that we can continue our elite time. I have been dying to get back into it since the last time we recorded, which was a very long time ago at this point. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm, I remember I was watching the, the first episode actually recently because I really liked my reaction. I'm just, ah, ah, 
what's going on? Just being chased by a giant xenomorph. Your reaction going, oh, oh, because I'm so far away from you guys. That was very, I just love that. All right, you know, that reminded me of one other thing. And it's, we haven't really been recorded. I've been streamed, I streamed a, a little bit of it on my Twitch every once in a while. But the very rare times when me, Ryan, and Sparks got together and played Elden Ring, it's a it's it hasn't happened a whole lot. But when it does happen, magic is made. That no, game is so much fun. I thought I was done. Well, actually, not something. I know I'm not done with Elden Ring, but I thought I was just like done, like spending so much time with it. But I've been spending my time invading recently. I saw. It's a, rat bastard. it's a good time. Being a jerk is a good time sometimes. I saw you hiding and just pop up and kill the host. I saw that tweet of yours, mister. Do you remember that move I was telling you about how I can't use it on regular enemies and I mm -hmm. grabbed them? I was able mm -hmm. to do it on a bad guy and I murked them. It was great. I saw. I, it, was, oh. it was great. But not only the fact that one of the three of us were able to play Elden Ring, but also the fact that my friend Grayson is also playing Elden Ring. And when myself and Ryan mm -hmm. hop into his game and we just... It makes me. I love it. Hopping into a into a game with someone who's so low level and just barely starting out in the game, because then I I'm exploring the lands between again. It's like, man, I remember going through this area. This area is great. And you're like, what's going on? Don't worry about it. You'll find out. There's one more I want to highlight, which is we did a book club special on Dune. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, that reading was Dune and talking about it was awesome. That was a lot of fun, and I'm really glad we got to do that. Um, I'm mostly just impressed that I got to get through that whole book. Um, Dune-pilled. But do, doing Dune and then watching the movie was a lot of fun, um, mm -hmm. and talking about that book with you guys and, and, and experiencing that movie the way it was meant to be experienced um, was, was very cool. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, we've had some good we've had some good memories. You guys have been doing some good work on on your individual shows too, uh, Brandon and Ben. Um, I, so my individual yeah. show isn't out yet. Well, also like uh, conversation, but there was conversation earlier this last year. Was, that was yeah, that was last year. It, was it didn't last year. It, it didn't end before our last anniversary special. So you you were doing right. good stuff. Um, that that is that is that is true. I was I'm really happy i did conversation and i'm really bummed that i'm not done with season two yet but it, it is coming it's just been a lot and, slower than i anticipated and adjacent to fake nerds you guys have been doing great stuff with your writing and good for you and i do want to highlight that but this is about this show so shut we're going up. to shut continue. up <laughs> <laughs> um so now we're going to go into our questions time friends um because we are we are going surprisingly long which is cool um really are you, are you really that surprised really uh only only a little bit this is a like right now we're about at the time i thought we were probably going to hit no, now no. we're we're over and i'm like oh, we talk okay. about the mcu in actual detail and we actually have a great conversation yeah that's true that's why you come to the fickner podcast for the length <laughs> yeah um <laughs> all right friends uh so we're going to jump into our questions our first ones are from boss beater gaming on twitter mm. um who asks how important do you think goldeneye was to modern shooters specifically online matches uh i don't feel well, very qualified to answer this question personally well the n64 didn't have online support so not very much uh but goldeneye being a couch co-op multiplayer game uh i think 
ingrained a lot of like multiplayer culture into people um did you play goldeneye multiplayer ben at all very rarely it was only at a friend's house but i i want to say that because of goldeneye and actually because of the n64 itself because the thing about the n64 when it came out was that it had four controller ports right out of the box every the ps2 the ps1 the snes even the nes you all had to buy adapters to get four controllers because they were four player games they just weren't that many of them Mm -hmm. the n64 was designed with for four people right out of the gate which meant you had Smash Bros, you had Super Mario, you had Mario Kart 64, and you have GoldenEye and Diddy Kong Racing. I think without GoldenEye, there wouldn't be... It's. I mean, GoldenEye is in the long range of uh, first-person shooters because people have been doing LAN parties with Doom since, you know, back in the day. But at least this time, you didn't have to have this big setup for, for playing with your friends. And I think that was that helped with the idea of you just have a console and you have a way to play with your friends, mm-hmm. which I do think I do think eventually someone does it right. Yeah. Someone, someone <laughs> does the four player, the, 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 the kind of co-op that the kind of co-op multiplayer that the golden I did. I do think that eventually someone does it, but I think golden, I accelerated something mm-hmm. um, that doesn't, that didn't quite, that people didn't quite realize at the time. Yeah. It, started, it started sparking. Started, sorry, sorry, sparks. What started sparking an idea? Yes, I think yeah. so. That's my yeah. puppy. Yeah, I would, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say Goldeneye. It was definitely a catalyst for future for the future, and not just for online for online co op, but also for death matches. Mm-hmm. just like being able to like set certain rules and set like how many times when golden eye comes up you hear someone say no odd job no golden gun it's like ingrained in our brains at this point even when you haven't played the game in over 20 years i don't know about that one um yeah. i do think there is something about it being you are right about being four player because generally you've been you've been designed for two so having a four like just doubling the amount of players like that is that is basically like a like a land party. It's it's a personal land party. So like while it wasn't online, I do think it helped help bolster the numbers for online in the future. So like mm-hmm. you are ready to play with more people. And like Halo had co op uh, like uh, split screen. <clears throat> so I'm sure that like oh yeah like Smash Brothers yeah like I think N64 was vital to like multiplayer stuff growing. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah I, mean, yeah, we I really like... liked playing <laughs> Golden. I really liked playing Goldeneye. Um, I never played the the campaign. I only, I only ever played the multiplayer because I didn't have an N sixty four, but my cousin did, and so I, right. I would play the the multiplayer with him when I would go over to his place. Um, that's a that was quite. I remember that being a quite smooth game at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed that. Like you, you know, you had the watch and the, the laser watch and the odd job and the golden gun. It was a good time. It's a good time. Um, Boss Beater Gaming on Twitter also asked us, what are your top five SNES games each of you would like to see have HD 2D remakes? Well, let me sit, let me just start this off by saying, what's an SNES? Super Nintendo. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I probably should have these questions before, if I'm being honest. I will go first very quickly, because some of these might even have them. I'm not 100% sure. I just picked the five that I know I've played at some point, <laughs> even if not to completion. And they're Super Mario Kart, Super Metroid, Donkey Kong Country, The Lion King, and Star Fox. They have all come out. They the, All those games have come out 
in modern times, but none of them have been remastered or anything like that. I don't think the I'm Lion still King waiting. actually I'm had still any waiting. re-release. It didn't, it it didn't just... Collection? It oh, yes, it you're right, you're right. It's part of the, the Lion King and the Aladdin one, that's right. Star Fox, I'm still waiting for a modern Star Fox game. Well, the mm. last time, they've tried a couple times, and, like, Ben, I don't know if you've played, like, the GameCube one, where, like, it was, like, on Dinosaur Island. Yeah, it wasn't good. It, it yeah, wasn't Star very Fox good. Adventure. Star Fox Adventures was kind of, uh, Star Fox Assault was a little bit better, but still kind of, eh. And then Star Fox Zero, which was for the Wii U, had this crazy control scheme that no one liked. And the only other Star Fox game that we got in that era was Star Fox 64 3D for the 3DS, which was a what remake was the, of Star Fox 64. Right, Star Fox 64, that was the one on the N64, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the one I played a ton. And I'm like, I'm just saying, like, Nintendo, remaster that or remake that, uh, put it on the modern console. You got Nintendo, my money. Nintendo is really bad. Like, <laughs> they're really bad about that kind of shit. Like, like uh, uh, what's it called? What's the, the Grand Zero? F-Zero? F-Zero. Yeah, the racing game, Captain Falcon. Mm-hmm. They have a they have another racing franchise with a cool character that has been dead for twenty years. The last game, the last F Zero game that came out was for the GameCube. Yeah, mm. that's almost and twenty years a, ago. And there's the new the N sixty four and F Zero is on NSO right now, and people have been saying, "Yo, this franchise is great. Where the hell is it?" So yeah. many times when new Nintendo Direct comes up, people have been like, the little prayer circles come out and they're like, F-Zero, bring back F-Zero. They could easily brand and Like, there's no reason that there isn't a, like, a a, a really easy, like, re, uh, remade, just Star Fox 64, just in beautiful HD. Like, yeah. just make the same game, because that's, the gameplay is good, it's fun. Like, you know, you're on, you're on the yeah. track and shit, like, I, that seems like easy money. Well, actually, I lied, because Nintendo did release a, new star fox and that was the official north american release a star fox 2 for the never came out in america never came out in america yeah but it doesn't count game, but that's why i did air quotes that's why i did air quotes but you're right it's not an actual new new game it's just a game that never made it outside japan um to answer the question i interpret the question as what do i want to see as a hd 2d kind of like what we see with triangle strategy and octobat traveler or you have 16-bit sprites, but with amazing HD backgrounds. Or remasters. Yeah, like like 2D um, HD rem- or pixel remasters or something like that. Um, one of my votes, and I have played this, is the Breath of Fire games. Mm-hmm. Those uh, Capcom RPGs for the Super Nintendo that are very popular. And I would like to see some HD upgrades for that. Um, part of me wants to see Mega Man X in that style. I mean, I was also thinking Super Metroid, because Super Metroid, already an amazing game. But seeing like the the pixels look a little sharper and the backgrounds be a little more vibrant would just be awesome. Like especially when you're in the water world and you see like the water f- swaying with you, ooh, that'd be so good. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a list right now, and uh, a lot of these games have either gotten just more sequels or mm-hmm. remasters of some kind. Um, yeah. The one that like, stood out to me that I just <laughs> saw. Oh, I lost it. Super Mario RPG because we. I was gonna say that. Yes, yeah, so Legend of Seven Stars um paper mario which is an art which is rpg like but like super mario rpg is just straight up it's like that's an that's a, that's a rpg as rpg like, it's like final fantasy shit um no that was it was made by square but it was made by squaresoft yeah. yeah i want i would love for them to do a, another traditional hardcore mario rpg because even the paper mario games they have reverted like they go away from the rpg shit now it's just like you're playing a mario game and i'm like but i want to take turns <laughs> let me take a turn yeah i would if there's one thing i would think that definitely deserves a two a HD two D remaster. It would be Super Mario RPG, and Nintendo and Square they have they have a working relationship again. They they're 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 cool. 
so they can easily do this. But the I mean, rabbit games and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or what, oh, that's Ubisoft. Sorry, not, not Ubisoft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't. I, there's like a bunch of games I'd like to see, but most of them are RPGs. But I would definitely like to see. I think Super Mario RPG is like top tier. Like that deserves a HD 2D remaster. The one uh, that they did do a remake of that it's really good is is uh punch out the Wii oh, yeah. punch out game mm-hmm. incredible incredible yeah. game uh all right i'm gonna move on to the next question cookie from just a little podcast asks all of us star wars or star trek star wars star, star wars trek. star wars uh it's fine. i like star trek but like if i have a gun to my head i know where i'm going I've watched way more Star Wars than I've watched of Star Trek, so it's it's mm. just an easy Star Wars. Um, Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation. Ask me uh, when I was a kid. Probably Xbox, but I've... No. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Lord, Lord of, the of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. At, at one point, it would have been... Before Crimes of Grindelwald, it would have been Harry Potter. Yeah. When, I was I, in elementary, when I was in elementary school, it would have been Harry Potter all the way. I came dangerously close to getting a Harry Potter tattoo, and I'm glad I didn't, because that is one franchise, not even because of the author. It's just one that I've I've strayed away from, and I'm glad I'm uh, I'm glad I didn't get that, because I'd be like, yeah, I like Harry Potter, I guess. I never want to have a tattoo where I just like something, because that's like, wow, what the what was the point of wow, what a waste of my life. So I'm, sure. I'm glad I didn't get that one like I was gonna get. Um, okay, what is one of the boldest lies about nerd stuff you told as a child? I I couldn't think of one for this one because I I didn't lie about like I I don't I give me one of your examples maybe I'll think of something. Sure, I I Brandon, do you want to go first? Well, I I sat with this for a long time. I don't. I know I told one. I can't for the life of me remember it. I had to. I I thought of this question a while ago, so I racked my brain about it. And this is this is a one I I like. Yeah, I did this. I definitely told a bunch of kids at school I knew what happened after the Freeze arc in DBZ. And the reason that that happened is because there were random magazines that were released around that time. Trunks hadn't happened here in the States yet. Like, it was just the Freeze saga on loop on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network. And uh, those magazines had the information from Japan all the way up through GT. But I also wasn't, like, really reading them. Mm-hmm. So I saw... Specifically, I saw an image of Gotenks way before I had any idea what that is or who that was or any reason to think I knew. And I said that it was Vegeta and that Vegeta was going to transform to have purple and black hair and start wearing a vest uh, that was going to be a form past Kakarot's. That's what I said. Interesting. That's a lie I told kids at school because I saw that image and I'm like, yeah, after the freeze arc, Vegeta's going to get like part purple hair he's gonna get this whole new form i i had a uh, wait trunks's hair is purple yeah darn um so i had an interesting i I, there's an interesting memory you stirred up it's not me i had a friend um a good friend of mine that i would go to this um daycare with uh gives you a sense of how long ago this was um or it was a summer camp um and he told me he had seen gt mm. and gt hadn't been out in the states yet and he was like i have all the vhs's i've seen all of gt and we would play on the playground about what gt would be and i would come up with bullshit 
because I'd never saw GT. And I was very honest about like I never saw GT. It was like, wow, you I remember specifically one moment I was like, you remember wow, you I don't know how you do it, but that's exactly what happens. So I called him on I, I accidentally because I believed him. I was very I, was, I, I believed him. Um, I, I called him on it and uh, he was like, oh, they fell behind my bookshelf. I was like, oh, we can get them. And then he, he finally came up to he finally like told me the truth. And I hadn't seen it. But he told me that GT was real because then we went to the Dragon Ball Z website, which had been updated with GT because it was happening in Japan. And I'd never been on that site before. Uh, kids were crazy. <laughs> Uh, ben, Ryan, did that stir up any ideas? No, because I, I've i always been the type of person where I, I'd i rather have the knowledge than lie about it. That's just uh -huh. that's always how I've been. That's why like being a comic fan for all of the MCU has been really nice because like I don't have to lie that I've read all these comics because that's all I've done. Sure. Um, I can't I, I can't think of anything. I try I try not to lie, to be honest. I try to try to be good. I did steal a dollar from this girl's wallet in the first grade, and I felt bad about it my whole life. So that's something I'll just tell you guys to get it off yeah. the chest. No, I I definitely I know I lied to get attention. I definitely did because I was I was not. I mean, like, and I don't think this is quite kind, of, kind of why my like my opinions on lying are really lax because like I think there is a. There is a there is such a thing as a harmless lie, and, it, and it's the kind of lie that I, I definitely told as a kid that I I, I just don't remember anymore. And like, I, but I know sure. that they existed. I know that I said them because I wanted the attention. I wanted to be the cool kid, but like I had no concept that that you know knowing everything about what whatever I, I lied about is not going to get me to be the cool kid. But like, yeah, yeah. um, that's what that's just what I did as a kid. Yeah, if I did lie to anyone, I was lying to myself. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I yeah, certainly I mean, did that. True. Yeah, true. I, mean, I don't think I don't think I lied to anyone about nerd stuff, but I definitely lied about me being into nerd stuff because, like Brandon knows, uh, if you, you still do, right now, I'm kidding. Aww. I'm kidding. I shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I mean, that's um, that's lying about nerd stuff. Yeah, saying uh, that it, you're into it if you aren't. Yeah, like because if you listen to my episode with Brandon on conversation back when I was in middle, especially middle school, um, I was real. In my freshman year of high school, I was really trying way too hard to fit in with the cool kids. To you're Caleb get, in this season of Stranger Things. What? You're Caleb in this season of Stranger Things. Lucas. Yeah. Lucas. Sorry, who's Caleb? I was like, who's Caleb? <laughs> that's, yeah. his real, that's his actor's name. No, that's <laughs> isn't, isn't Caleb the actor who plays Dustin? I don't know idea. Yeah. I, either way, I was real. Yeah, I was. I was Lucas in the season of Stranger Things. I was trying way too hard to not to like fit in with the cool crowd, and even I was failing miserably at that at all at all sides, and even at home. Like my brother would see me like watch my old Digimon and my old Pokemon VHS tapes, and he was like, "Why are you still watching this? You can't. You shouldn't be watching this anymore. Girls are never going to notice you." Man. So it was definitely a time, and it wasn't until. I want to say like my second semester of my freshman year of high school where I finally just, I mean, I was still keeping it like suppressed in a way, but at least when I found my people, I was like able to fully talk about anime. I was fully able to talk about video games, how excited we were for kingdom hearts and all this other stuff. But then when I was with a different group of friends, zip, shut up. I'm so happy we're in a place that that's no longer the case. Yeah, now it's like if you're a nerd, you're you are considered one of the cool kids, or at least no one messes with. As far as I know, no one really gives a shit or messes with you. So it's I can walk I can walk down the street wearing my one up T-shirt, and no one cares. Looks like a seven up to me. Um, yeah, I I guess like 
I've always, from, I guess, being an only child and just spending a lot of time alone, just developing, like, finding out what I like and it's like sticking with it. I had a, I, I ran a monster club when I was in middle school where I would just sit around with my friends after school and draw monsters on paper and show them to each other. Mm-hmm. That I, I could, if there was a cool club, I didn't know it existed. I didn't even consider it. Like I was like, I was like the, like the girls in turning red. Like I am all about me and my friends. I don't give a shit what people think about me. Um, and that's why I was extremely single all through high school. Because <laughs> I was drawing monsters. Like, look, girls. Like, look at this Ghidorah I drew. I had I had a... My brother was very similar to Ben's. Like, he, he was definitely of the opinion that, you know, in order for me to get the girl, I need to grow out of this stuff. I need to dress a certain way. I need to... I'll never forgive him for moosing my hair. <gasps> Oh, I, Marks, do you remember do you remember when my hair was so crispy yeah that it was just stuck in a one position going like going back mm-hmm. now mind you i am kind of grateful that it trained my hair to be wavy and not curly i did not appreciate having curly hair being jewish um because that was just a stereotype i did not want to be a part of um but i'll never forget just like every morning just like making making my hair the hardest thing just ever that sucked and there are times my brother straightened my hair and i you can tell i have already pretty straight hair but he like straightened it to so i can have like the emo thing where it was like covering one eye oh oh uh, maybe <laughs> my hair it used to just be like this baby i get yeah. you yeah my my brother did that a few times and also i remember one time he was trying to tell me i need to wear skinny jeans if girls wanted to talk to me and no, no matter how many skinny jeans he gave me, they would not fit. And he my legs know, are too thick for that. You know what? I just realized that my parent, my family did influence my my wardrobe. I don't know why we we're talking about wardrobe, but real quickly, like I just like I just had this thought that like because my 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 mom my mom said your hair should be combed like your dad's, and then my dad's eighty, so like there's no way that that was gonna fly. And so my brother was like, "You gotta slick your hair back like a like you're a punk from the '80s." No. Nowadays, I just put on a graphic tee and jeans and, a, and I just get out of bed. I don't even do anything to my hair. I've had the same hair hairstyle since like college, since even like in high school, because like I don't want to do anything to this. I want the easiest thing quite possible to do because I don't want I don't want I don't want any anyone. Nobody touches me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I've in a similar way. Like I've always been just like I a T-shirt and jeans like I. Yeah. I, I need to own a suit just in case I ever go anywhere fancy, but luckily no one invites me anywhere fancy. So I don't have to have, you know, I don't, for that I'll just wear my long shirt. Right. right. Um, <laughs> I got to grow up eventually though. This, uh, this was wonderful because this really evolved from, uh, <laughs> what was the lie you told as a child about, <laughs> but this was all great. This was all we great. Went from, we went from lies we told as child to childhood family trauma. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, next up, if you could make any video game mechanic functional in your real life, what would it be? Fast Prince travel. of Persia's uh, Rewind Time. That's that's not bad. Probably it's fast travel. Why would you do Why would you do Rewind Time and not just saves? Um, because that's not how his powers work. Right. Sure. And I'm going from a video game power, not a game that every single video game in existence has, which is a safety. Oh, yeah. I'm talking like any mechanic that you can. Oh, that's boring. Saving games. I'm talking about like an actual like a portal gun. Like I thought we were going like 
in depth, not like the. No. I mean, you can stare. you can answer it that way because like what mine was um, saves feels like a pretty like standard easy like easy answer to give. I I kind of side with Ben. I'm tempted by fast travel. I think fast travel could be pretty cool. The only downside I see to it is that like there's there's no video game that I'm aware of where you're able to fast travel whoever's with you. So like mm. everyone else would have to have been to that location once too for you all to fast travel there together. The only game that I can think of is Marvel's Avengers. Because <laughs> when one person teleports, yeah. sometimes y'all have to travel together to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I, I would love fast travel if that meant that like as long as I've gone to that location one time, I can go back there. That's brilliant. That's wonderful. Yeah. But I'd yeah. also want other people to have the ability to go with me. <laughs> It's like um, Elden Ring. Like you have so, to visit the catacomb first. So yeah. I'm like, so like when I take that away, cause like I'm, it's more important to me to be able to go there with people. If I strip down from that to me, it's the giant inventory that you can't fathom or see. Mm. Basically having pockets into a dimension of some inventory box that you should not physically be able to carry, but Mary nobody Poppins. can see it because oh. all the shit you could carry around it's that or the magnetic back that Master Chief has and so many mm. other characters do where you can just like put shit there and take it down. You just like in Cloud of Final Fantasy 7 where he just like puts his sword on his back. Yeah. I fast travel's real, real tempting and obviously the saves, but like I, mean, I I think I gotta go with like that massive inventory that that uh, takes up no space whatsoever. You know what would be the absolute, absolute worst thing to have from a video game? Is a heads-up display telling you how much life you have, how much money you have, how Terrible. tired you are at Terrible. all times. Yeah. I would not. I would not appreciate that. I would just. Try, I would shut up. Chance. That only. Yeah. It'd oh. only be good if like you could use that to like manage your health stats. Like, yo, man, you need to like really eat a fruit today. And <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, my bad. Like, <laughs> never have cramps again. Like, know exactly what vitamins oh. you need to put in your system. You know what would be good? Uh, maybe not like a heads-up display, but like a status bar. The like, say, you know how instead of like saying if you're like poisoned or if you're um or if you're paralyzed, but kind of like saying it's like you're currently suffering from anxiety right now or you're currently doing this. It's like I would like to know that because I cannot tell you how many times I like in throughout the day or if I think I'm being sick or about to become sick or whatever. I don't know what it is. It's like, am I having a bad attack? Fuck if I know. I don't know what's going on. I just I would like to know. So having like a little status bar pop up, be like hey, you have this affliction right now, then I'll be like, okay, now I know how to take care of myself and how to fix it so I don't have that sass effect anymore. Sure. Yeah. That'd be nice. Respawn. Respawn. (laughs) So you would just like do crazy things and then be able to come back from them. Well, because the thing is, how sad do I want to get today? Um, (laughs) the, The thing is like, I... The only thing that has ever prevented me from the kids call it unaliving yourself these days. Um, but like is is the fact that I can't come back and I don't want to I don't I would like to come back. So like it's respawn is great. I'm not having a good day. I'm just gonna walk in front of a bus. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> just get that out of your system. Just get that out of my system, exactly. So it's um, kind of like how in Free that's, Guy. That's how one day. That's one way to deal with suicide ideation, I guess. But, but the the, the like the the not so quite sad answer is the fun um, answer. The fun answer is uh, breaking breaking uh, like barrels and getting money. <laughs> yeah, oh, because I kind of I love every every game. There's something that you break and you get some money in it, or like some items and, and shit. No I, consequences. And, and no consequences. Already- 
pot, pottery stores would be the <laughs> you see those comics online of Link going into a pottery store, smashing all the pots and taking all the money. Or you like Legend of Zelda. I take a sword and I swipe at grass and there's rupees and there's money there. It's like I would my debt problems are solved. In this hypothetical situation, that there there are pots all along the road. You just break them and you get and you get money. That's great. I love that. For sure. Better they just evaporate out of the environment so there's no collateral damage or yeah. debris anywhere. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's I mean, pretty well, great, right? That is pretty good. I mean, when I was thinking fast travel, my dumbass was like, yeah, fast travel so that way I don't have to worry about going I can go to work on time. It's like, oh man, I have to be at work. But if there are pots, but if there are pots everywhere, you never have to worry about working. You're right. That's true. But that then becomes a full-time job. Then you're always breaking pots. But come on. That's pretty great. That sounds fun. I mean, for Brandon, that's perfect. He gets to go and smash things. Nobody actually gets mad at him about it. He gets to just break it and he gets money out of it. What a life! That's (laughs) my, that's like my golden life. Yeah. (laughs) um okay i'm gonna move some of these around a little bit um i think i'm gonna take two out and save them for another time they were two of my questions i'm gonna i think i'm gonna save them for another time just because i don't want us to i want us to really talk about them and i don't want to push ben into his work time yeah so um i'm going to i'm going to scrap those two and uh we're going to move on to yeah when you were haven't done that yet (laughs) when you were a kid did you ever force a friendship with someone to get access to their nerd stuff like games toys or something else no um because i i felt like the person that people were forcing a friendship with so Mm. i never liked the idea that there was nothing anybody had that i wanted outside of friendship so like but i always felt like it was the opposite so that always kind of made me feel shitty so i never i always wanted People always wanted your stuff. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you had all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, I did grow up poor, but I, uh, uh, oh no, you know what? Okay. In, indirectly, I did. I had a, my best friend, she was friends with a rich kid. So anytime she went over there, she invited me because she knew that I liked video games and movies and he had a wall screen in a theater room and like Mm. a bunch of theater seats. So I was like, Alex, anytime you hang out with this guy, I would like to be friends with him too. So (laughs) indirectly, uh, not, not through me being friends with him through my friend. So it's like, uh, it's like half a point. Um, I almost got a, uh, an alienware laptop from that kid. I should have just been friends with him. (laughs) Um, I didn't really have, like I had a friend um, in my life but he did not go to the same school as me. So at school, I had no friends, really. Um, like, I would end up getting invited to the parties where you have to invite all the kids because the parents make you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and usually I would end up going partially because my parents wanted to try and get me out into social situations like that. Um, but there was one kid specifically who, like, I didn't force a friendship. Um, I'll say that. I didn't force the friendship. But what happened is that... Uh, I didn't like him, but if a gathering was happening and I was invited, I would normally say I didn't want to go, but I would go because I would be able to play video games that I did not have at home at the time, Mm -hmm. because this was before I had my Dreamcast. And it's actually where I first played Sonic Adventure, and that made me talk to my parents about and say I really wanted to get in, ended up getting a Dreamcast as my first system. 
Um, so I, I it, like I didn't force the friendship, but I I went out of my way to go into situations I didn't actually want to be in to play video games I couldn't yeah. play. I think what helped me was uh, up until sixth grade, I was at a daycare center for a, a long period of the day because my mom worked. So if I wasn't at school, I was at a daycare center and sure. they had video games there. So gotcha. the video games I didn't have until I was old enough to get them. I got systems when I got older, like, 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 you know, middle school, high school. But when I was mm-hmm. young, most of my time was at a daycare center. Yeah. So I played a lot of SNES at my daycare center. Right. Yeah. For me, thankfully I didn't force this friendship because he had it. We were already friends prior, but um when he got his because i have a uh, a friend of mine one of my oldest friends and i'm thankfully i'm still in contact with him to this day um he had the sega genesis and of course he got sonic 2 that was the f- first time i ever played the game and that was you know the genesis of me becoming a huge sonic fan because he had the sega mm-hmm. and i will never forget because every because he lived in marietta and when my family moved out of marietta we would go back to visit a different a different family friend and I can remember many times I would ask if um, he was at the house and most of the time they weren't. And very few times I would go, I would actually go over and see him, but also, but really so I can go over there and play Sega Genesis. Mm. And I will never forget one time his mom straight up asked me, are you here to hang out with, with uh, your friend or do you really want to play games? And I That's straight up answered, I want to play games. Cause I, I never, I didn't have a Genesis. My parents knew I wanted a Genesis, but they never got me one. You always lie. Always lie. No, but then actually, but thankfully, years later, um, we were at my family friend's uh, high school graduation party. And he shows up and we haven't seen each other in years. We're catching up. And I finally tell him, I was like, look, dude, I feel I still feel think about it. And I feel really bad about that one time I came to your house. and I told your mom I was only there to play Sega. And he looked at me as like, dude, don't worry about it. I would have done the same thing. A lot of of things I've, I've. I still regret. Anyway, yeah, let's and, move on. Yeah. And we uh, were still, we, we reconnected that day. It was good. And also, I saw him again the last time we all went to the San Diego Comic-Con. He was there, and I got to hang out with him for a hot second. It was great. Lovely. Nice. Cool. All right. Zara asks, do you have a favorite, favorite segment or show out of all of Fake Nerd? Yes. Favorite segment or show? Mm-hmm. My favorite segment is the book club. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'm the same. I, I think yeah. it, for me, it's the book club because it, it's getting me to read more and different things. Mm-hmm. And it's something where we've, we're very equally sharing in our interests. And, and sometimes that's making us stretch outside our comfort zones on what we would read. And sometimes it's just it's just good. It's just good times to be able to talk I, about it. Outside of the book club, I would never have read some of the books that, for example, Sparks has picked. There's a lot of books mm-hmm. that you've picked, Sparks, that I just i they're not in my radar i would not never have have seen them or read them but uh because you picked them with a book club i got to and i feel like my life is more enriched enriched because of it oh thanks it's to be fair like i pick those things because i'm also trying to push myself with because of the segment on the show and so i appreciate it for that because like i don't know if i'd pick some of those things and read them as quickly as i did without the show yeah i i'm in agreement i love the book club i'm glad we're still doing it uh, I definitely, depending on the week, Brandon, you're reading a lot of Thor right now, but I'm definitely the person who reads the most comics out of all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's nice that there's something, because there's so many books out there that we're not all reading concurrently. It's mm-hmm. nice that every week there's something that we have something to talk about. Because, like, you know, we have a movie and stuff, but, like, the book club, it's there every week. Every yeah. week we talk about something new. And it's always a right. comic book, 
which is my favorite medium. So right. uh, I'm glad we're doing it so many years later. Same. Mm. I don't know if it's um, I don't know if this counts as a se- as a segment of the show, but I really like it when we just like have this one topic and we just go off on it. Sure. Like I really love those because I feel like those are because yeah I don't get me wrong I love doing I like doing the reviews I also love the book club, but I feel like some of our best conversations and some of our best um, episodes come from when we have like a certain topic and we dive into that topic and we just and we dig and we dig it for all that's worth. Um, one one of those topics that come to mind is our conversations about fandom. Sure, I love those type of con- those conversations. Or when it's, or I'm look something I am looking forward to is next is when this com- when when it comes out is, or it's probably week. last week's episode, our Pixar conversation. Sure, like when sure. we dive is like, hey, what's your what's our favorite or what do we think about X, Y, and Z for Pixar films? So mm-hmm. for me, I mean, I enjoy doing the reviews, but at the same time, the topics that we just like, hey, here's here's an idea for a topic. Let's dive into this. Those I those are my favorite ones personally. Sure. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love the book club because I like really close second is the book club. As for all the things you guys said, like one of the books that comes to my mind immediately is March. I never would have read March. I probably never would have known that was a comic book. And the fact that it was written by U.S. congressman to me puts it even higher up the echelon. Because mm-hmm. when you hear book written by congressman, <clears throat> you think a long ass autobiography or a long ass opinion piece that's this thick with a ghostwriter, but you don't think comic book and when he was around representative Lewis went to San Diego comic-con and was talking about it. And I think that's right. really cool. Yeah. Cause when you yeah. hear about congressmen do stuff, they are just like really all like, Oh, hoity toity. Oh, I talked to my, even though I'm talking to my delegates, I'm only talking to the ones who really, who give me the money. He was with the pe- people outside of his own bloody district, outside of his own bloody state, having a good time with people. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think what the show, I think where the show has value for me in general is when we it's why i like doing the news it's why i like doing the topic it's why i like doing the movie reviews it's like why i like doing the book club the book club is my favorite the cha- that, that that answer has not changed but like getting to just gab getting to talk dive into a topic dive into something is is where is where for me the show has a lot of value because i i really like Spoiler alert, I really like talking. Um, so like I really like getting to do that with you guys and and just kind of and there's always a surprise doing like the news and being like there's something that the news will be like inconsequential to me at first glance, and then it turns into a 30-minute conversation that could have been a topic in its own. Sure. Um yeah, I, I agree, Ben. I think that that that's a really good point. Uh Zara also asks. What's your favorite episode you've ever recorded? That's a loaded question. Oh my gosh, really? Uh, <laughs> okay, like I don't know how to not say last year's anniversary special. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to sidestep that one. It's hard stepping that one aside. It's honestly hard to not value the things that have brought the most enjoyment out of the four of us as friends. So it's hard for me to not say, well, after that is obviously the time Ben got three shirts for Christmas. Um, <laughs> Pretty good. Because like, that's the things that's made us have a great time together, like as friends yeah. and bond. Um, so it's hard for me not to pick those kinds of things. It, uh, it is, it is like, I don't think, Oh, sure. I've, I've 
there are, I, there are episodes that I don't think are, are quite as good as they should be, but like, I think the, the most favorite, the most fun I've had are the annuals, the holiday annuals, those specials that we do. I think the, I think those are, are great. The Mike's impossible movie trivia challenges, I think sure. are, are just so much fun. Um, getting to do those the comic con we went to com we did a comic con panel yeah back in the before times <laughs> you're, you're, meeting, ryan. you're meeting ryan dogs <laughs> long long ago <laughs> um yeah I, I i hear you i think if i'm extrapolating away from what i just mentioned i really like our last jedi review because mm -hmm. it always stands out to me that through discussion of it ryan changed his mind about the movie yeah yeah uh yeah i agree it's, I it's hard to pick like an episode though you know yeah it's um, six years it's a lot and not yeah. just this podcast there's a lot of shows you brought yeah. up like like uh, an episode that like that like you know we were all like really happy about i think of our end game episode because it is mm. it is a movie that was the end of like a saga uh and it delivered and us being not casuals, being so ingrained in this thing and achieving what it did, um, I haven't. I like I never listened, re-listened to stuff. But like, not I was gonna say recently, but again, the pandemic. So one to three years ago, I took a look at our Endgame review, and like we were so high, it's insane. We were. It's like <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever made. Nothing can beat it. And of course, obviously, like hype goes down after a while. But like that, that is still like a really that is an achievement of a movie. Uh, yeah. In a similar way that Avengers is like the start of something, that is the end of something. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like one of the things that I always look back on fondly are when we're all just like super high on a movie. Like when we're just like, it doesn't happen quite often, but when it does, it feels very good to just be like, this movie was great. And we're all like really just really, really just like, we just cannot talking about, stop talking about how great that movie was because it feels like, it feels like a high. It yeah. does feel like a high. The thing, the thing that I love about this podcast is like we we all have similar interests and similar like uh, things we like about movies, but also we're very different. So I love having a conversation where we disagree on movies because like it is nice agreeing, but if every week it was just yeah I loved it, that would be boring. I don't like listening to those type of podcasts. I like discussion. Um, so when a movie is so good that all four of us are like yeah this movie rules on every level then I think it actually does. It is a movie that if it works for all four of us, then a movie actually, it's really good. That's that's the barrier. Like if every movie gets like, if whatever we review, everything gets like a nine from us. I'm like, okay, this is a real winner because we are all different people, different perspectives. We like comic book shit, but we all, we all value different things. So like yeah. Spider-Man, like I know a lot of people are starting to turn on that new Spider-Man movie. I still think that movie is incredible. And I know it's incredible because I think all you guys agree with me. So like, <laughs> I'm not... I'm not worried about Spider-Man, you know? For like, sure. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have three because I can't, because over the years, we've done more and more shows. Like if you asked me two years ago, I would have said our, our interview with Andrea Romano. Still top tier. Still one of the best one. interviews we've ever had. But now things have happened since then. I would say another top is, is obviously our Los Angeles Comic-Con panel where I smoked all three of you. And Sparks was saying I was going to get my ass kicked where I was out for blood. That was fun. Nobody, you were just so cocky. Nobody knew he wasn't going to do multiple choice. <laughs> it's true. Mike, Mike would get would take points away from you <laughs> because of how cocky you were. Yeah, because I studied my ass off for that movie. I came for it's blood. Just, I studied really enough funny. 
for multiple choice. Yep, <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> yeah, but any, but besides that, um, I would also say an episode that still rings in my mind. It was it happened right before the world shut down, and that would be when. Um, Michael and Riley from Downright Nerdy came over and we had that long Star Wars conversation. Just the fact that A, they are friends of ours and B, we inspired them to start their own show. It was kind of surreal that these complete strangers that we only know through online interactions, our show inspired them to do their own show. And also they were cool enough to come down to where we were. I mean, they're already down here for their own vacation, but for them to carve out time for, from said vacation to sit down in my house with my gardeners going all over the place <laughs> and talk star Wars for three and a half hours mm-hmm. was fantastic. It, it is a bummer, man, that the pandemic happened because like the, like, like we're so we like, you still do the show with cookie Brandon and like, you know, uh, a board and a uh, downright annoyed board annoyed is on high on hiatus right now just because schedules are so weird but like like the community was like like us and them like everything was flowing and going good uh, and then the world stopped unfortunately i was like oh yeah. man like it was a good trajectory we had we had a lot of really good talks with like uh Knapsack. we had a lot of really great interviews christopher swindle mm-hmm. um marisi michael marisi well that was that was after the pandemic um during the pandemic I back. yeah me too like i i I wish we could, I wish schedules weren't so crazy. We could do so so much more of that stuff because I love yeah. getting to talk to these guys. Um, I love getting to talk to Ken. Um, I love talking to Michael Morisi and Christopher Swindle. I, we've, we've been trying to get Christopher Swindle on again for a while. We've been trying to get Mike Matola on for again for a while. And to be to be fair, Swindle Swindle left the door open and I had to say, we're going to have to push that back because that was when my dad was sick. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can hopefully we have more of these people coming back on the show soon. Yeah. Yeah. Good answers, friends. Good answers. One more question from my fiance who asks, what's your favorite thing about your fellow fake nerds? OK, none of you can say anything about me. <laughs> I'm going to start and I'll start by assigning a word to each of you and oh, then no. i will elaborate oh, no. oh. i'm scared okay. so for ryan i'm mm. gonna say knowledge oh no. for ben i'm gonna say enthusiasm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for brandon i'm gonna say passion that's i'm not joking two of the three were those three words were the same ones that i was <laughs> I so it. so like what i love about yeah. what i love about doing this with ryan is that ryan brings so much wonderful knowledge to the table whether that's things that he just feels or thinks on his own or things he's able to like absorb so much more discussion content than I ever can. So he's able to bring so many perspectives and things that he's already thought about to the podcast. And I always appreciate being fed that Ben's never unenthusiastic to be here, even if he's sleepy. So, I mean, that's always wonderful. Ben's always willing to go the extra mile to just like have a good time. Ben, I really value that about you. I'll give you shit all the time, but like, I only give you shit because I know you can take it. <laughs> years and years of practice, unfortunately. Uh, but but genuinely, like Ben Ben is the one who will. I'm going to open this like it's the beginning of a heavy metal song. That's how I'm going to start this podcast episode, and Ben will do it, and that's really nice. I always love Ben's enthusiasm, especially when it's something you really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And Brandon's got passion. 
Brandon, none of this would be happening without Brandon's passion. Um, that's just true. Like Brandon has a passion for wanting to discuss these things, even when it gets a little difficult for him to do so because he has to share his opinion and put it out there and let it be observed. He can't help himself because he's very intrigued and engaged in what we have to say and what he has to say. Uh, that passion for it makes all of this possible. Sure. Screw you. It's my turn now. I'm actually going to leapfrog off what Spark said about you, Brandon, because uh, doing this podcast over the years, uh, you've changed. Not in a bad way, in a good way. Um, you so, you're so much more open and honest about uh, not just the things you like, but what you're going through and how that impacts the things that you're talking about. And I think that's really important. Uh, like you talking about the Jewish stuff with Moon Knight, something the three of us probably wouldn't focus on as much. And I think that is an important thing to think about because representation matters, even if it's something we don't think about at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really appreciate you always being firm and uh, being very much passionate about the things you like. And I'm so glad, again, that I bought you those Star Trek DVDs because now you love Star Trek again, and it's all because of me. That's actually very true. <laughs> ben, I also, you, I love your enthusiasm, even for things that you don't fully know of. Um, and I don't mean that, again, as a negative. Like, you are just someone who, you are glass half full, uh, and mostly at all times, except for, like, you, you You talk about some some sad stuff. But, like, you, you are very much someone who can, like, just be happy and be positive. And I love being around you, especially when we get to talk about video games. Because this is a podcast where we mostly focus on movie, comic, TV stuff. But we do get to talk about video games here and there. And I'm really glad that you do have an avenue now where you can actually, uh, where video games is like more of your focus than maybe the comic stuff is. Um, so it's really nice that you have an avenue that I can hear you talk about the shit you do know about. Because like you might not know as much about Star Trek or like Iron Man or something. But you fucking know a lot about video games. And, I, <laughs> I, and even I, someone who knows a lot about video games, don't have that. Because I, I spread myself to everything. So, like, it's really nice that, like, I have someone I can be like, I don't know this. I bet Ben does. Sparks, you're, you're the, the nicest, sweetest person I've ever met in my life. You, you honestly have saved my life. So I don't, I don't know how much more I could say more than that. You literally have uh, saved my life. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Oh, oh man. What was, what was your fiance's question again? I forgot. <laughs> What's what your favorite about? thing about the fellow fake nerds? Is right, the gushy um, part of the episode. Yeah, this is the super good. This is the gushy emotional bit of the show. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start with uh, Brandon. Um, Brandon, as you know, shut up. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> Too bad. You're, you're, that's why I'm, well, that's why I'm doing you first. Um, obviously, <clears throat> Brandon was the person when I met him back way back in CSUN all those God, all those years ago. Um, just hanging out with this guy was obviously the biggest blessing of my college, one of the biggest blessings of my college career, to be perfectly honest. Because I had someone who I met someone who didn't shame me for my interests, someone who introduced me to new things, someone who was like, the person who told me that Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker was him. I never mm -hmm. knew that. And through talking and interacting with him, I got to meet the two of you. So really one of the thing, one of the best things about, I love about working with Brandon is that he's the dude, he's one of the guys that I can, I'm very close to. And also the person I can just like, even if it's not about nerd stuff, I can just sit back and we could just like bullshit about whatever things that are in our lives, things that have to do with the podcast, things that don't have to do with the podcast, things that we can, that we can just like, we send each other funny ass memes on Instagram just because like, and this is funny. So he's going to like this. So one of the things I do love about doing the show with Brandon is that 
he is the one who knows what he wants to do with his show. And I really appreciate that because if I was in charge, I don't know what the frack I would be doing, to be honest with you. I would have no structure. I'd be like, whoop, out the window. So I check out Basement Arcade Pause Menu here on the YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> that has some structure every once in a while. I did listen to that Miles Morales, by the way, Mr. Uh, facelift or upgrade. That's a that. very good opening. <laughs> That was a good opening, but I love doing the show with Brandon because he knows what he wants the show to do. What, what he knows what he wants the show to be, and he has never strayed from the, the from the path of we do this for us. We do this to have fun. We do this because we want to. So that's what I love about doing the show. I'm doing the show with Brandon. What I love about doing the show with Sparks is that he keeps us on the straight and narrow. And what I mean by that is that I would have not understood or heard about the things going on in our political or social sphere without him as I'm not very politically inclined. I'm not very, I see the stuff on the news. I'm like, man, that's sad. And I don't have much to say about it. Cause I, I just don't have much to say about it. Whereas talking with sparks, he'll tell me why things are like this. He'll show me examples of why things are like this. He'll give me historical reasons and historical events of like things that are going on. But at the same time, He's also not afraid to have fun. He's he'll hit me. He'll like hit me up. He's like, Hey, you should probably buy the sock, the hedgehog Blu-ray because it looks like something, you know, <laughs> and yes, he and I, he throws some shots at me every once in a while. I use sometimes with sports or the time when he famously coined my nickname, which hasn't been used for a while. Nostalgia's bitch, but it's never out of a place of malice. And when he does do, when he does get me for, for like Christmas or for whatever, it's out of a place that's a deep cut, but also it's out of a place of of true friendship and for having fun and having fun. So that's one of the reasons why I love doing the show with Sparks. And now finally for Ryan, my God, I thought I was in a walking encyclopedia, but you, my dude, holy shit. <laughs> I cannot, I mean, all three of you have introduced me to comics and into stories that I never would have found out. But definitely ever since meeting Ryan, I always, I've gotten the itch to read more Dr. Doom. Infamous, I bought infamous Iron Man at conventions because of Ryan. I have started we, I, I mean, we were doing it for the show, but it was thanks to Ryan. It's like, hey, you need to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now it's one of my favorite animes of all time, and I still need to watch the movies, which I'll, which will happen, I promise. And you're gonna have the, to. I know I'm going to have to. And one of the things I can't wait to do is when I go to finally do make the trip to Japan, I'm going to be looking far and wide for just Eva Gacha machines so I can get Ryan a bunch of Eva Gachas, just because how now? I know he's gonna love it. Um, I'll probably get to all of you guys. Gotcha toys. Don't don't worry. But Actually, can you get me that Mechagodzilla Evangelion figure? That'd be great. That shit Thanks. looks so good. I, I did see that. I did see that. That's not fair. That's not fair. But I lo- what I love doing about this, what I love doing the show with Ryan is that he is just so knowledgeable about things that I, I quote him most of the time when my friends come to me. It's like, hey, what's, so, what's going on so-and-so? I quote them what Ryan told me. I paraphrase it. But because right, because when we're watching comic book films, it's like Ryan knows all the stuff. Like earlier, he said it when Thanos appeared on screen. I know who the hell Thanos was. I even turned to Brandon. I was like, who is that? He's like, I have no idea. I'm like, is that the guy from the old McDonald's cartoons? I don't know what's going on. 
Also, I'm pretty sure I said that was Thanos. I knew that was Thanos going in. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I, I think you were, you were like, "Who's Thanos?" Is like, tell you like some really big bad. I don't know, but thanks to Ryan and and him telling me about like, hey, here's the books we should read about this guy. Here's the books that will will enlighten that will enlighten you in a way that you have a better understanding of the character. So it's for so it's for that knowledge that I love doing the show with Ryan with seven ends. Yeah. And also, it's really fun every time I go to Starbucks and he says that. It's a hilarious. Uh, for the audio listeners, Ryan, we have our little names on the side of our screens, and Ryan's has seven ends. Um, okay, my turn. Um, real quickly, I just want to say thank you for all the kind words you guys said to me, but this show is not possible without you guys. Um, Ryan, hey, there's been a lot of talk about your knowledge which you bring a lot of it and I love it. But one of the things that I desperately value is how you push me and the show. Oh. You push you push me to read more to get out of my comfort zone, not in the same way that Sparks does when it comes to like the book club and things, but like I would not read X-Men if it wasn't for you. For example, like I I, I wouldn't. And my life is better because I did. Damn. Um and your passion for all the stories that you that you love, I wouldn't watch Ava if it wasn't for you. Like honestly, like I like these things, I have a passing interest in. I am reading Thor because of you. Like, like that's the that's the thing. That's the because you are so passionate about these things. Because you keep talking about how great these things are, how wonderful these are. I want to get into them. I want to be on the same page as you. I want to be on the same level as you uh, to be able to talk to, 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 to them about you. The, also, the other thing is like, which one of you guys said that? Um, ben, you said that the reason why that, that um, I'm always, I'm always pushing that the show needs to, I, we need to remember that the show is always for us. Not it, it, it's not fun if it's not for us. The reason why is because that's that's actually Ryan's philosophy. Very early days, Ryan said to me, "You know, we got to do this for us. We got to do this for us." And that was an, that was something that I had a hard time adapting, adopting. Sorry, it was something I had a hard time adopting. But it finally really drilled into my head, and that that has been my philosophy ever since. The show has to be for us, and that is, that came from Ryan. Love it, love it. Um, Sparks. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, you've been my best friend for like 15, 16 years now. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Long road. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's been a while. Um, I don't know what I can say that I haven't already said to you in our life together, but maybe I just don't even talk to you anymore. But like the <laughs> the thing is like Ryan mentioned that he appreciated how much more open I've become with talks of my mental health and with talks of, like my Jewishness. And I, I'm really glad that's become a positive. I was really worried that wasn't, um, it's been kind of eating at me, but I'm really happy to see that that has been, has been considered a positive. Um, and the, the, the thing is, the thing I've been most valuing about you sparks lately is your stability. Hmm. You have become a very stable point of this podcast for me you took the reins on this on this on this episode you took i've been so stressed and busy trying to create a 
a, a, a life that I can work my own schedule and actually get paid to do it, um, that so many things have just left my mind. It has been such a, I've just been so distracted and you are the one who keeps being like, Hey, remember this is coming up. We should start planning this. It's been such a help. And it's been such a, um, it's been such an, I just want you to know that it's been greatly and greatly appreciated that I may be the board <laughs> as you said last, <laughs> but like you are, you are, have definitely become um, a kind of de facto leader in, in my own, in, in, as I've been kind of lost. And I appreciate that. You do absolutely help with the scheduling, making sure what's who's doing what, what they were doing this. That's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Ben, well, I mean, what can I say other than I love your knowledge of Stephen King? Oh, damn it. Your Stephen King knowledge. <laughs> oh man, we almost didn't, didn't do it for a day. beyond oh, compare. For six goddamn years, it's been a while. It was when the first it movie was coming out. The funny thing oh. is, like, we're gonna get to like the 10 year, we're gonna make that joke, and Ben will have had the time he could have become a Stephen yeah. King <laughs> aficionado. At, at this point, I'm just not doing it out of sheer spite, but <sighs> I couldn't let the whole anniversary go without saying it. I just couldn't. Ben, I really, um, I really want you to engage in Stephen King material because I want you to to come to us with a topic all about how the stand is essentially Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but yes, realistically though, I'm 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 glad that joke landed. I'm, I thought of that like five minutes ago. I, I was waiting. I was think. I, okay, honestly, I forgot about it the second you said that. I was like, oh no, that's still a thing. I couldn't let the whole anniversary go. But what I what I what I what my real answer is is your drive. I've talked to you a lot about Basement Arcade and how Basement Arcade paused on you and how proud I am of the show and of you. You won that award. That's all on you. That's all on you. Um, I, you come to the show with a goal, and I and I I do I always remind I always got to remind you it's for us and you never forget that, but. You are so determined to make this, the show, based on okay, pause menu, your writing, that is not even, a, not even a doubt in your mind that that is what you are meant to do. And ha seeing you, seeing that drive bring you to this show every week, to based on okay, pause menu every time you do it, to all the shows that we do, uh, is wonderful. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Love. That was wonderful, guys. I'm, I'm real proud of everybody for that. We're friends. We all love each other. It's <laughs> it's a real thing. We do. Um, we're, we're getting towards our end, but we're going to do one new segment, which is brand new and something we're going to continue to do for our annuals going forward, which is we are going to attempt to predict our top 10 for the year based on what we've seen so far in these first few months and what's still to come. Uh, then you'll be able to check in on our wrap-up at the end of the year and find out if we were right. Who would like to go first? It would actually be the beginning of next year. Right. I shall go first. Go ahead, Ryan. Because I am pretty confident. Half my list is stuff that's already come out. Half the list is I think will be in my top 10. But I am confident in the first half of my list because I know who I am. Um, 
So the first half, these are not in order. I'll put them in order at the end of the year. Um, it's the Batman, everything, everywhere, all at once, Elden Ring, Turning Red, and Multiverses. Mm-hmm. Those are the five things that I've done this year that I know will be in my top 10 somewhere down the road for sure. I am so thrilled to hear Turning Red is in that list. Bro, I cannot talk. I cannot wait to talk about that on the podcast. I'm um, so now now that I know how much you like that, I'm so sad you missed that episode. Me too. Boy, howdy. Um, <laughs> so the, the other five that I have, I look down, you know, movies, comics or not comics. I didn't look at comics because there's too many comics, um, movies and games. Um, so I got Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm really confident it's going to be a, like a better Ragnarok because it's Taika just doing exactly what he's doing. I got Nope by uh, 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 Jordan Peele. Damn. I got my only game on here besides Elden Ring, Midnight Suns. That's the XCOM tactical Marvel game that's coming out in a couple months. Mm-hmm. I got Bullet Train, which is that super cool B- Brad Pitt ensemble bullet movie, Bullet Train movie. And then I got Avatar. The, mm-hmm. the, the water. I put Avatar the water movie because I'm not doubting James Cameron. I, I think it will be a better movie than Pocahontas in space. I think it'll be a better story. So if the story's already better, it's a better movie because it's visually going to be the greatest thing of the year. There's no doubt. So mm-hmm. I put Avatar. Uh, I'll go ahead. Um, I did put mine in the order I suspect that they might end up in. I'm sure it will change and it will be wrong. I'm quite confident about number one and everything after that is like, mm, we'll see. Um, there's so, even as Ryan was naming things, I'm like, shit. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is going to be a weird <laughs> year, but I'm trying to predict off of like what's coming and like my highest hopes of them, the ones that are coming landing. Yeah. So my number 10 is Halloween ends. I really hope that the final Halloween in this trilogy ends up on this list. I want it to be that good. Me too. Mm-hmm. My number nine, if things keep on the track record that they are right now, is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Next. Oh. Yeah, it very well, it very well may do it. It very wow. well may clear that bar. Did you see the latest episode? Yeah. Oh. Um next up is the Batman at my number eight. I'm very confident the Batman's gonna end up in this list. It might move around. We'll see. Just above it at number seven, knives out two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing knives out two isn't gonna end up here. Number six, wildly, is Elden Ring. <laughs> You're gonna come back around on it, baby. Uh well, you know, I think I think it might end up there. We'll see. Number five, because I, I want it in my heart so bad is Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really hope so. Mm-hmm. Number four, because I know what that story is, is Chainsaw Man. Oh. <laughs> that anime is coming and I am hype as hell. I didn't look at anime as thing. My number three is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Mm. My number two is Peacemaker. Oh, I forgot about Peacemaker. Oh. Shit. Yep, yep, yep. And my number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. Ben, you want to go next? Although I have to mix something because I totally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know what I'd replace okay. now. This is tough. I hate so right. I right as of right now, I'm pretty sure I know, like for without a fraction of a doubt, I know what my number one and my number two are. Mm. My number two is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Just because I left that theater so excited, so happy, so relieved. That we got an amazing, or to me, it was an amazing film. Still a good film, but as a Sonic fan who has been through so much shit, 
that was something to be excited about. I'm super stoked for three after that tease. I'm just ready. My number one, what do you think it is? The ring! The Elden Ring. Elden Ring is just so... I put 129 hours in the Elden Ring. I'm not done. The mind map is still not fully full yet. I don't think... I have no desire to go out and buy another PlayStation 5 game. I did buy another PlayStation 5 uh, a five game uh, back for blood just because but it was it. against your will. Well, also there was, there was like a it really good fail. sale on it and sparks were twisting my arm. But outside of that, I can't think of another PS five game. I want another PS five game. I want a few PS fives games, but right now Elden ring is taking up so much of my time. It was hard for me to carve out time for Kirby and forgotten lands, which is on my list. I'm thinking Kirby and forgotten lands is a fantastic switch game. And I don't, I can't see another Switch game topping it this unless it comes out this year. But as a brand new game, it's fantastic. So Kirby's down there, but from the rest on, they're probably going to be on my list. I just don't know where exactly. And this is from here on, it's in no particular order, but obviously the Batman. How can you not? I have Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness on here. I absolutely loved that movie. That was so much fun. The visuals were fantastic. How can I not? And I just, I had actually swapped out Turning Red for Peacemaker. Yeah. Tough. <laughs> Turning Red's I, I don't, I, if I, if you put a gun to my head, Turning Red to Peacemaker, I'd probably just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love Turning Red so much. I had to take off Avatar for Peacemaker. Because mm. it's, it's, it's December, it's far away. That's, yeah. Oh, Peacemaker's too good, man. Yeah, I already put down, all right, so I already talked about Kirby, so Kirby and Forgotten Land is on there. I put Top Gun. On my list, I had a basket yeah. top gun. Yeah, that was, was a good year for movies, dude. It's the yeah, first half I'm, of this year, excellent. This could be recency bias because I mean, we just saw a top gun recently, but top gun was amazing, it was fantastic. Yeah, one I, I'm really excited for, and I can't see it not making my list just because of how hyped I am is Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, the second that first trailer dropped with Sweet Child of Mine and all the visuals, I, I, I really need to get on reading the Thor books to get to, to um, the Mighty Thor. I'm very far behind. Brandon's doing a much better job of it than I am. But uh, thank God I got Marvel Limited, baby. I'm on volume four. There you go. Hell yeah. Luckily, I got a, I got a month. Um, also, I and once again, it might just be recency bias because I'm really hot on it. It's season four of Stranger Things. I also... I forgot about Stranger Things and I just watched it. I It, <laughs> it might be on my top ten. It might be. I'm Some pretty of things aren't as good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Stranger Things is going to be on there. It might be lower on the list, but as of right now, it was really hard for me to not finish the season or finish the first part of the season last night because it was around like three in the morning and I had to wake up at nine so I can make it to my therapist appointment on time. So yeah, and I saw I was like, how long is the final is the fi- is episode seven? Oh, that's an hour and 40 minutes. I got to go to bed. That's a movie. Run up that hill and make a deal with God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I've been hearing that on TikTok recently. Mm. And last but certainly not least, another film I am super excited for, Lightyear. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, Lightyear. The more I see those trailers, the more I'm like, this movie's going to be fantastic. Just Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. He sounds amazing. Just the the whole plot of the film. You can have that. I went for You have a man out of time, kind of. And just, it looks so good. And wait. Are you telling me Chris Evans is a man out of time again? Oh shit, he wasn't. Boy, a man. If I had a, boy, if I had a nickel for every time Chris Evans played a man out of time, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it is weird. 
so yeah, that's um, that's my that's my I guess top eight because I know what one and two are. Sure. I mean, something really big has to happen for me to knock out um, Sonic for number two. But I know for a fact, as of right now, Elden Ring is number one. It's game of the year for it's been game of the year for me already. It's just I'm having absent absolute blast, and the reason why I'm putting it that high is not be is like not to go into technical to technical speak or detect or mechanic wise. It's the fact that when I come home from work or I have a day off and I have like say chores or tasks ahead of me, I do those as quickly and as, and as efficiently as possible to get them done sooner. So I can go straight to my couch, turn on the PS five and play Elden Ring. Get to it's, those lands between it's the best live service game that's not a live service game for sure it has more it has more like people sticking with it than most live action life like the avengers is, is like dying compared to elden ring which is technically a single player game which is yeah. i mean the only thing i'm gonna probably do today is when i get home turn on the ps5 to go to a different game is for fortnite just so i can buy the pac-man pack then once that's done i'm going back to elden ring and finish stranger things and fit well yeah i have to finish stranger things that's the <laughs> That's like the big thing for I'm not gonna stream tonight because I gotta finish Stranger Things, but yeah, I'm gonna I, just try my PS5, get the Fortnite stuff, and then go back to finish Stranger Things. I have a uh I think it's funny because I think we all agree. I don't I, I don't know if it's on your list, Brandon. We'll find out. That God of War isn't on any of our lists because it's not coming out this year. Oh, it's not coming out this year. No everyone no man, that director said it's coming out this year, and I just do not believe this. I man. called it at the end of last year. That game was getting pushed. The I'm thing just glad is, the state of play, so. the state of play just happened, and nothing, nothing showed. Yeah, yeah. Nope. yeah. We'll it's not coming out this year. We'll talk about that on pause menu on the podcast. But right now, Brandon, I want to hear your predictions for your top ten. I forgot about the Batman and Lightyear, so they're not on it. Again, just a lot of good stuff. I can't wait to hear this. Okay, this is not in any particular order. Okay, but I, I, I projected. I tried to figure out what, what, what this could be, and I don't think I got it. Downton Abbey, A New Era. All right. I really like that movie. I do think it ends up on my top 10. I just don't know where. Gotcha. Um, top Gun Maverick. Nice. I That movie made me believe in movie magic again. I watched the movie. I was like, I just watched magic. This was <laughs> this is bad. This is what people used to say when they talked about movie magic. I just watched that again. I love that. Oh, real quick. You said Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I watched an interview with Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell, that's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he threw up upside down all into the cockpit when, oh. when he first started to training and he thought it was just very funny. <laughs> Prey. Ooh. Yeah. Spicy. I forgot about Prey. I thought about it. I yeah. thought about it. There's a lot of shit that I thought about that's probably going in honorable mentions. I thought about Our Flag Means Death because I haven't watched it yet, but oh. I was like, hmm. Oh, Brandon, that's definitely in our top ten. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is like the best year for entertainment. Um, I I'm really excited for Prey. I'd stand Trachtenberg, who I really like. It's a Predator movie set in the past, which my my thing is like, give me a genre film set in the past. Hell yeah, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. And the fact is, like we've talked about this, I think there is more potential in the Predator franchise at this point than in the Alien franchise. And like, I'm getting that. I'm seeing that potential this year. One thousand percent. I'm seeing that potential this year and I'm excited. I can't even imagine if this is the first step, like, okay, it takes place in like, like 1600s, 1700s and gets Native Americans. Imagine like 
a ninth century like like English Viking like team up versus Predator. Get, like, get Robert go, Eggers. Get Robert Eggers over here. Have yeah, him make a go Predator back, with the Northmen. Samurai era. Go a thousand years. Have Egyptians fight Predators. Like yeah. make it the craziest thing ever. Do You're it. Talking the dream. Alien versus Predator. The coolest bit was the flashback when they were in the ancient when they were in um wherever they the Mayan Antarctica? civilization. The Mayans. Mayan, yeah. yeah. Um Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think that movie rules. That movie rocks my socks. I'm just so jazzed about that movie. I came out of that movie being like, this is the, this is, oh my God, oh my God, I love this movie so much. Um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Hell yeah. It might be the best first season of any Star Trek show ever. This is an incredible season of television that every episode I'm just buzzing about. I think this movie is, I think the show is incredible. And the fact that Sparks said it's going to be on his top 10. I could faint. I could faint. Gods. It, I never it thought stands, I'd. I never it thought it's a very here. good chance. Like it's just the latest, the latest episode had Pike in the, in the green tunic that, that Kirk used to wear. And he looks so silly. And I loved it. <laughs> um, I think I know what would probably replace this. So, like, having remembered a movie, I don't know if this actually ends up, but I said Sonic the Hedgehog 2. The fact that I finally got to see a great comic, a great video game movie, a movie that unequivocally is just like, you did it. You crazy sons of bitches, you did it. (laughs) Um, I really liked it. Yeah. Prehistoric Planet. Nice. Cool. Uh, Really, really like that. Uh, for I saw a Carnotaurus try to mate with little tiny arms that just kind of flop it around like this, and it was so funny. And I just like the 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 CGI is incredible. Everything about that about that show was just super cool to watch. I even got to use some of that knowledge when someone was like, "Oh, why is the why is the dinosaurs in the snow in the Jurassic World Dominion?" I was like, "Actually, prehistoric planets suggest that dinosaurs did live in the snow." Um. It's a cool show. I liked it a lot. Our flag means death. Mm-hmm. I did not forget our flag means death. Um, I knew from the get go that that needed to be on my on my top ten because that Sorry. show rules. Sorry, bullet train. <laughs> Sorry, bullet train. Yeah, right. Um, oh, that news coming. Oh, that news so good. Uh, our flag means death is a wonderful progressive show that those bastards knew exactly what they were doing when they waited until Pride Month to renew it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They knew it. They knew exactly what they were doing. Peacemaker. Yeah. Peacemaker might be the best show of the year. Uh, I really loved it. It's incredible. Um, definitely on my top 10. And then Knives Out 2. Knives Out 2 is one of my most anticipated films of the year. Of the last four years that I've been waiting for this movie. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to be on the other end of the year and see where we all end up. Yeah, me too. I forgot about Knives Out too because there's like literally no, not a lot of information out right now. I, right. I mean, like we don't like the cast and stuff, but like Thor, I have a trailer. A lot of these things, I yes. like. Yes. I'm like, oh, out of sight, out of mind. Damn. Yeah. Man, yeah. this might be like the best. At the end of this year, if all of these movies that we've talked about that we haven't seen are as good as they are, we might have to do a top fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a. This this is already a crazy good year for movies. I was talking about this with with Zara. This was like. I haven't seen Morbius. So like my, my run of movies had been really good. I've, I've come out of the movie theater going like, this is great. I had a great time with this movie. This run of, so far this year for entertainment has just been stellar. And we avoided mm-hmm. fantastic beasts. So we're still great. Yes. So we're still great. 
You know what film? I totally forgot that I was going to put on my top 10, but I just now remembered about it. Morbius? The Northman. Oh, yeah. I I really like it with the other movies coming out. Like, honorable mentions, I don't know if it hit the top 10, to be honest. I think it might might hit honorable mention for me. It's definitely going to be in my honorable mentions. I really, really enjoyed it. But, like, this is going to be this is going to be a hell of a year to talk about some of the MVP. Unless there's just there's just a lot of great shit. Yeah, unless like Thor and Nope and like in like the Midnight Suns game. A lot of promising oh. prospects would have to tank yeah. for this to get shaken up in a big way. Yeah. It just goes to show. Good, good year. Um, cool. That's it for our anniversary celebration, friends. Um, we can do a brief uh kind of looking forward to what's going on, but I know Ben has work coming up and needs yep. to eat. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um basically, we're looking at getting book club going again. We're looking at getting some more Basement Arcade out to you. There's a lot of stuff that we want to do coming. Um, this is going to be a summer of games. There's going to be a Spooktober down the road that I'm very excited about. I want to start working on as soon as we can. I'm not. Uh, there's more pause menu. You should be. It's going to be great. Did you watch that Dead Space trailer? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. The Callisto Protocol is going to F you up. Oh, man. <laughs> um there's all kinds of great stuff on the horizon uh conversations in the works to come back ben's doing a great job with pause menu we have intentions for what we're going to do very soon with um a pause menu discussion for ryan ben and i to do together uh Mm -hmm. brandon if he wants to as well um and fake nerds watch there's so much fake nerds watch going on right now you're gonna see a lot of fake nerds watch from us quite honestly because there's so much fake nerds watch we're not getting book club off the ground quite so soon. Book club's going to take a moment, yeah, okay. but uh, we're, we're going to get it back on the table. There's a, looking at like the stuff coming out, like we're going to be playing double duty soon, uh, which I'm not mad about. Cause like, I'm really excited about Obi-Wan and I'm excited about Miss Marvel. Got a couple of great movies. Looks like there, uh, there are a lot of things happening. I will get that second season of conversation conversation out this year. Um, it's just been slow going. Um, I apologize for that. But there are a lot of things that are, let's say, defunct that this year I would like to see return. And if if it is possible, uh, it would make me very happy. Defunct land. Um, So let's, why don't we get out of here then? All right. Sounds good. Um, Happy years. Unless everyone's like, unless everyone's got like a thing that they're like, I'm so excited to talk about this coming up. Unless they want to say that. I'm just excited to record more baseball game boss menus. I just haven't done it because my schedule sucks. I'll say I'll say real quick because when this is dropping, what's going on around it, you should have just had last week. Our fake nerds watch for the first four episodes of Stranger Things will be out. Uh, sorry, not first four, seven. First seven episodes of Stranger Things will be out. Uh, upcoming very, very soon is our fake nerds watch for the first four episodes of The Boys. Um, our fake nerds watch for episodes three and four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Next week from this will be our fake nerds watch for episodes one and two of Miss Marvel. Uh, we'll do the last four episodes of The Boys later in the month. We'll finish off Obi-Wan Kenobi later in the month. We'll keep doing Miss Marvel two by two. What's up, Ryan? Uh, Ryan from the Fake Nerd Podcast here. Um, <laughs> um, uh, is Miss Marvel this week? Yeah, no. Miss Marvel's this coming week. So we drops have Obi, on Obi Wednesday. Drops on June eighth. So we have Obi Wednesday. Miss Marvel's on Wednesday Friday? too. Miss Marvel's Wednesday too. Bro, what are <laughs> they doing? Yeah, <laughs> too much. All right, so guys, <laughs> happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, everyone. Uh, thank you to all of you who have been with us 
for as however long as you've been with us, if you've been with us since the beginning, gods, uh, tell me who you are because I'll give you a medal. Thank Love you, you to uh, thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Appreciate it. Thank you, friends. Definitely. Thank you to all of that. Um, thank you to everyone who watches all the shows. Like the show, I I constantly say it, it is for us, but it, it you know a large part of this is that because anybody is willing to listen, it makes it all the better. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really happy that we're here, that six years later, we're still doing this. Um, yeah. Okay. So why don't I just get, get some stuff out of the way, guys, this is six years. This is not the end of the podcast. However, might be the beginning of the end. We don't know. You don't know. It won't be. I don't think it's the beginning of the end. Um, but we get we get tons of stuff going on, such as Sparks talked about with all the Fickner's watches. Um, certainly, there's going to be other shows coming out by the end of the year. Basement arcades, tons of cool stuff, and you can find all of that on this YouTube on our YouTube channel at Fickner Podcast on all on YouTube. And if you're watching this on the video, like this video, subscribe to this channel. And you can get all all those shows. They're all there. There are also some of the more audio feeds, which you can find just by typing them in on on your on your little device there. Um, we also have a T public and a Patreon. If you'd like to support us financially, um, you can check out our, our, you can check out those, um, which are linked below most likely. Um, and you can find them on our website at fignerpodcast.com, which is also probably linked below. Nice. Um, uh, what else do I do? Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you to all of our collaborators over the years. Every single one of you. I, there's a lot of people that I just cannot name. It's too right. many, but you guys uh, are, are are honorary members of this podcast in my mind. Um, we we great we love you. We want a lot of you back on. We we can't wait to get get some of you guys on. Just to name a few, I've named a few on this show. I don't need to do that again. Um, but Jeremy Vellucci did not get a name on the on this on this episode, but he did. He does all of our music, um, and you know maybe maybe there's something more coming from Jeremy Vellucci on this network mm-hmm. this year. It's the sixth anniversary. I can tease something. You can tease something. I can tease something. Um, you can check that out. You can check out his stuff on Instagram at Jeremy Villucci Keyboards or his podcast, which he does have a podcast called Suburban Proctologist over on uh, iTunes. And you can find that on Instagram and Facebook as well. Mike Patola, we've mentioned Mike Patola a few times, but he does our, he just done a few logos for us and he's done some great collaborations with us. Uh, once again, another honorary member of this podcast, I feel. Um, you can find him at Mike Patola on Instagram and TikTok. All of us, Fakner Podcast on all the social medias. You can find us wherever we are, Fakner Podcast, FakenerGuys at gmail.com. That can touch us personally. I'm a BC McClure and of course, I do a bunch of stuff on this cha- on, on on the internet where I'm trying to create a life for myself where I don't have to go to an office. Um, <laughs> you can check out my work on Screen Rant where I write a ton of lists. Um, the list that's probably already up by now is probably an Orville list. I wrote an Orville list. Shoot, Jurassic World Dominion is already out by the time this episode is out. So I've got a couple of Jurassic World Dominions episodes, uh, ish, uh, articles that are coming out that are dropping around the time of that movie. So check those out. You can find that um, there. I also do a series on uh, atomicgeekdom.com where I talk about um, some uh, Infinity Saga. We talked about the MCU on this on this podcast. I do a series called Revisiting the Infinity Saga, the 50 Most Defining Moments of the MCU. I'm on issue, I'm on number 37 by the time this comes out. And uh, finally, I edit kaijuramamedia.com 
I put up a few, a few pieces. I edit a few pieces that go up there. Check out that website. And Ben? Yeah. yeah, well, you can find me asking Brandon if he how, if uh, when we started this six years ago, we could make it this far at BenMag27 on Instagram and Twitter, and also on TikTok. I always find a way to put it, put it in there. And you can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. Also, sometimes catching me stream on Twitch at um, twitch.tv slash BenMag27 on Tuesdays and Saturday mornings at 2 o'clock a.m. In the morning. In the morning. Sparks. You can find me just super excited for all the juicy, juicy content that's coming your way at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan? You can find me everywhere on the internet at uh, DJ Tony Snark 616. That's on Twitch and YouTube and Instagram and Pornhub. <laughs> what? <laughs> Prawn Hub, you mean? Prawn, Prawn Hub. Hub. Oh, there's a callback. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video. Subscribe to our channel. And until si- year six is over, stay fake nerds. <laughs>